Welcome to episode 343 of Texting, hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, and Jason Roberts. Hey, Jason, what's up? Um, I'm not much. What's happening? You know, I actually forgot <laughs> we were doing a show today, even though you told me like three hours ago. I forgot again. <laughs> you even forgot? I'm just sitting there watching this documentary on Leonard Skinner. <laughs> you know, and all of a sudden I get this text with a Zoom link. I'm like, oh, <laughs> we're doing a oh, podcast. Man. Sorry about that. No worries. Have you heard of Descript? I don't know what you're talking about. Descript? Descript. So basically it is video editing slash audio editing software um, that I've been using to edit the show recently. Okay. Have you heard of it? No. No, it, it is really good. Um, it's different. It's a different kind of paradigm. Um, it works very nicely for podcasts, but also it works for videos. I just use it for podcasts. Mm-hmm. But this this is the reason why we have uh, show show notes now. Like, well, I, it's the reason why I can send you the full voice transcript. Mm-hmm. Um, and they actually added a new feature now, which is just like it's taking it to the next level. So, mm-hmm. first of all, you can bring your audio files into this thing, and it like it just makes it easy to edit together the files. And then it it does a transcript but there was one piece that was a real pain in my butt which was i had to put the files through um like a sound processor to remove background noise and turn it into professional audio quality they just added this like little checkbox uh, studio sound and it just does the whole thing for you it's so good so basically the only part now that it doesn't do is the finalizing the final mix so So what you're telling me is your life is easier now it does make my life easier so we we should expect more out of you because you have more time well, that's what I was just about to say. You shouldn't you shouldn't try and give me some more things to do as a result <laughs> of that. Like you shouldn't say, for example, something like update the uh, the website. Yeah, that would be a good thing. I don't think we can have SSL on that anymore, right? Isn't that broken? Uh, yeah, yeah. We we have moved. We have actually moved to uh, Pinecast as well. I don't know if you knew that. From what? Did SoundCloud? I say that? Did I say that last year? I don't think so. We, so. We, yeah, we've moved off of SoundCloud. We've moved off of SoundCloud Why? to Pinecast because. <laughs> <laughs> because basically SoundCloud deprecated their API, which made it impossible to resolve links. Oh. So the entire show stopped working. Why did they do that? I What's have no the... idea. Hmm. Okay. I have no idea. And there's no way to speak to them or communicate with them. So we just had to move off. And the SoundCloud uh, folks, um, I can't remember the guy's name, um, but, I, but I, I tweeted about it. Just made it so easy to import everything mm-hmm. and just, just move everything over. And we've got, you know, we've got stats better stats than the other place all right so we know we have like 15 listeners instead of 14 pretty that, much yeah it's kind of along me? those lines okay. yeah 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 yeah. let's see um wait uh, let's have a quick look here well we've had since since we moved over like a couple of weeks ago we've had 2,000 lessons which isn't too bad okay. yeah that that last episode that we put out mm-hmm. um let's see the hell that is a beta launch <laughs> 859 listens really no. yeah i didn't think i didn't okay I, I i really didn't think we had that many listeners anymore i mean given how many how much time we had taken off between episodes over so many years that it just sort of dwindled isn't down it, it's the, quite astonishing isn't it was it? just sort of the ogs right the guys who are like yeah i've been listening to these guys <laughs> since like 2009 so i still hang out to see what's up you know <laughs> so okay yeah, okay well Cool. You know, like some people, I know that some people listen in like double time, like they speed it up. 
and <laughs> I, I'm like, I give these guys 45 minutes, but that's it. So I, I mean, I'm like, how it. can you listen to Jason Roberts on double time? Like that is not possible. <laughs> like uh, you speak so fast, dude. Do I? And like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just like, but also, but also, if if you listen to this show as like a, I don't know, like it, like old friends or whatever. <laughs> Like, would you? I don't understand why you double time it. That's really weird. I would have thought you'd want to kind of savor the discussion. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, I know that Rob Walling does that, right? He's the first yeah. person I ever heard, and he said he listened to everything at like one point five speed or something. And I was like, wait, yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know that was possible. So I didn't know that was a thing. But I mean, it was years ago. But mm-hmm. yeah. So anyway, you know, you know how after the last show, um, I was a bit down because the premium version was not getting any engagement. Right. Of Morning Brief we're talking about now. Right. Um, well, after that, I got a ping in Slack probably a couple of days later. Uh, VTOLs left a comment in the general channel. Mm-hmm. Um, Justin, just listen to the latest episode of Texting. Just wanted to say that I'm actually quite happy with the links I get from Morning Brief. And there's been quite a few very good ones that I would have never stumbled upon from my regular news feeds. So I thought that was super interesting and it led me to do some digging around and turns out that um, my homegrown link tracking system wasn't working very well. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, whoa, okay, wait, wait, wait. I I don't understand. What what do you mean your homegrown link tracking system? So basically when when people click a link in a brief, I I track it and then I know that that there's engagement. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, So, so So your numbers were off. You didn't know. My numbers were off because know. I wasn't, I wasn't following. I, I wasn't um, connecting people's accounts uh, with the clicks correctly. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, yeah. So my numbers are off, and then, uh, you know, so th- so that was. It turns was out it's a smash hit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I wouldn't say it's a smash hit, but there, there's enough people getting value out of it that it made me sort of change my mind about the um, the premium side of things. Like, just feel differently about it. And then also, when I started to build out the free stuff, um, what I did was I, I basically built a much more complex, uh, I guess, uh, what can you call it, brief configuration language, so that it made it, because obviously, you know, the idea to put out like 100 different mailing lists, I wanted to make it so that it'd be really easy to configure those mailing lists. Okay. I put in much more advanced queries for our data, so I could go ahead and grab a tag, but don't grab it if, it if it's also tagged by some other thing, mm-hmm. you know, all sorts of things like that, which the first system didn't do. And then when I started to see the results of that, that got me thinking, wow, this is much better than the premium system, the capabilities of this, what, what we've built already for the premium system. And what you had previously said to me was to, um, to talk to the first hundred customers coming in on premium. Right. And I I had essentially poo-pooed that idea, but actually You, you did. You told me to shut up and shove it. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> but uh, you know, on reflection, that is a really that is a really good plan and I I I bow to your uh, your superior <laughs> knowledge. Well, look, and, okay, um, okay, okay. First of all, uh, you know, A you know, Steve Blank, get out of the office. You know, it all comes from him and then of course it was uh, uh Rahul, the founder of Superhuman who you know, wrote that piece, the market product market fit, how he, he onboarded all his people. So that's, you know, that's kind of what got into my mind. But really, the person who, who forced it upon me was Sandy. <laughs> She's oh, like, yeah. 
<laughs> yes, she just course. started setting up demos. She's like, well, you don't have any onboarding, so I'm going to set up demos. And I'm like, demos? He's like, yeah, you're going to onboard and demo everyone uh, on, over Zoom. I said, I am? She's like, yeah. I'm like, oh. So, so, so Sandy has, like, essentially inceptioned everyone. <laughs> she said, this is what you're doing. <laughs> She's like, everybody, what? get your shit together. This is what's happening. Yeah. She. Okay, uh, so. Yeah, yeah. So, so basically, Vitold's feedback plus a couple of other looking at a couple of other people's, um, you know, actually tying up the clicks. Um, then the fact that I built a much better, you know, configuration system, and then Joe built a kick-ass text summarizer, which does exactly what you want. Oh, what you, I had, what, what I said would be want. really, wouldn't it be great if you could do this? I think this would be awesome. That and thing. The, so the it. combination of the, of those three things, I think, wow, we can do something really good. So. Actually, I now believe for the first time that that I can build you a good morning brief. You, Jason Roberts. Really? Yes. And I'm ready for you to become not a customer because you don't have to pay anything. So this this is what I, what I would like to, to suggest to you. Okay. I will make a free list specified by you that you can just tell me exactly what you want, what okay. pieces you want, what you want to look like. Then we, you know how like um, like in a sandwich shop, you get celebrity sandwiches, <laughs> like the Ted Danson. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we can have like the morning brief, celebrity brief, the Jason Roberts or whatever you want to call oh, it. That's you, kind you, of a good, that's a clever idea. Where'd you get that from? <laughs> Did you just come up with it yourself? I just came up with it, my friend. Just came up with it. Yeah, I like it. I like it. So, so, so they're like, what, is, what the hell is Jason reading? Oh, this is stupid. <laughs> why, <laughs> is right. he, why is he reading about that? You know, but that would be kind of, that would be kind of funny. Yeah, kind of interesting. So, well, well, especially okay. look, especially if they're people who you actually think are really seem to always be ahead of the curve and always, you know, they always seem to be on to the really cool next thing. Like six months or a year before you, you're like, what the hell are they reading? Like, where, why do they know about this stuff? Like those yeah. kind of people would be really good to follow, mm-hmm. or to, or not to follow, but to sort of like, you know, it'd be kind of it's like when you're reading over somebody's shoulder. It's kind of the over yeah. the shoulder view. It's like, what do you what are you read? You know. So. Any texting listener will be able to sign up to the Roberts or the Jason Roberts. I, think I don't you know whatever you over, want to I think you should call it like something like the over-the-shoulder view. <laughs> well, but this is this is specifically your brief, so oh, it has. Okay. To, I mean, it's going to have to have a name. Like, well, no, no, so, I mean like about it, anybody, right? Like you read over anybody's shoulder. Like this is what so it's this is what Rob Walling is reading, or this is what. Oh yeah, I mean, well, I'd, I'd have to go. I'd have to. That, so that that's something that that we could do is um and and Joe suggested this is he really liked this idea as well. He's like. We should do the podcast circuit and like work out what each person wants in their brief, and then we'll we'll make those briefs available. Yeah. See, Justin, um, now you're talking, right? Like this is. I mean, I I think the thing is by getting in and talking to people and interacting with people, um, you're just going to find out so much more about the situation, and then you're, you're able to make their you know you're able to solve their individual problems, right? So let, let's say you know just. You, you know, working with me, you go, okay, well, Jason, you want this, this, and this, and for whatever reason, you know, I say some stuff, you're like, okay, that's really weird, I didn't think about that, you know, and then you'll be able to, anybody, all right, but let me fix it, and then you can come up with something that I like, and you're like, okay, after you do that a couple dozen times, pretty soon, you're you're much closer to a, a really great solution. Yeah, yeah and remember, re- remember um, with a Modern Teacher, when it used to be Digidoo, remember that um, content creator that I built? Yeah, where you drag the things on the right hand side. Mm-hmm. So, so what I what I would build is something like that, where you could build these complex conditions and layout layout things, 
And so right now it's just it's just code configuration, but I'm honoring a lot of different things. Like I'm honoring a lot of different logic concepts mm -hmm. and um, it's not going to be hard to put in different template layout stuff. So um, yeah, so I'd like to work with you as just the very first person to okay. try and create your perfect daily brief, like what kind of sections you would want, how you want it displayed, what kind of content you want to follow, you know, mm -hmm. themes or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's there's already a lot of flexibility in the system. And um, yeah, and then we'll, we'll we'll call it the Jason Roberts. So you'll go, I guess, morningbrief.ai forward slash Jason dash Roberts, mm -hmm. unless there's another name you want it to have for your personal one. <laughs> like it could be the Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's uh, that's that's an interesting idea. That is an interesting idea. I mean, you know, they, it sort of reminds me a little bit of back in the day when you, you have these sort of like RSS reading services where you could the the stuff that you would be fed would be stuff that was sort of upvoted or in some way indirectly curated by a group of friends or people you know you follow, right? Oh yeah, like um, so yeah, I mean. This is always a good way to kind of, um, I don't know, find stuff that people like. Is like, okay, what are the other people who I think are interesting or interested in the stuff that I'm interested in? What are they? What are they reading or what do they think is cool? That is usually a pretty good signal. Okay, well, cool. I'm, yeah, that sounds like. Well, here's the question though: What do you really need to build a UI drag and drop thing? Can you just use something like YAML or something? It's really quick. That you don't have to spend the time in, uh, doing that, or do you think it's worth? Oh, I mean, I can I can use YAML. I mean, I've already got configuration language for me. That's that's fine. But I mean, it's, it's, at some point, it, like to, to transition into this, um, well, I mean, unless you're just saying it's 100%, like, okay, that, let's, let's go with that. So let's say it's 100% like super build and every person is like 30 minute onboarded mm -hmm. and they never even get to change that. They just get to say what they want and then we build it. I mean, that's, you know, 30 bucks a month kind of thing. I mean, that's kind of probably worth it. Well, that, that see, that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking is that you start off doing that at first. Like, don't, I wouldn't waste any time, or I should waste, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd invest time in building a cool drag and drop UI than maybe just doing this, you know, 20 or 30 or 50 times or whatever. And then at some point you might be like, all right, I can't do this anymore. I, I really want to automate it or something. But, yeah. But well, also but it's like, you get the point, like, I know this works. I, I, I fig we figured out yeah. the backend stuff yeah. is working. Yeah. There are configuration platforms working now. Let's just make this more streamlined. But I don't know. Uh, and I guess some stuff to talk about that in a minute, but I think it's, it's kind of, there's, I think there's something to doing stuff manually to the point where it just becomes painful and your fingers start bleeding, you're like, okay, now I'm going to automate it, right? <laughs> like, right. Yeah. It's automating this. Oh, this is going to be huge. I got to build it to scale, and I got to build all this stuff. Like that almost always is, is like a waste, you know? Yeah, almost always. But what I will say is, if we didn't do everything that we've done so far, this wouldn't be possible. But so we so we've we've scaled the um the slurping in of the data and the the sort of tagging of the data, and now this is going to make that. A reality you know this this sort of hand configuration stuff so yeah it's i like the fact that it's bespoke i like the fact that i could work with someone like you and try and get you and and i i, I look forward to you saying ah justin this this is like this is no good here can you just switch out this for this like you know i i look forward to that like well, that's I'm, good i'm a pain in the ass right like i want you them really are. On them and i don't i'm hard to hard <laughs> to please so if you can please me you probably you probably can please most i was people. thinking that i was literally thinking that if we could get jason roberts to like it we could get anyone to like it. the jason roberts bar we've cleared the bar he's so 
Persnickety. Um, you know, it's funny that you mentioned how VTOL um, contacted you and said it was working. I got an email from James Jensen, who's another longtime listener. He's actually a beta um, a beta user for uh, Math Academy. And he's like, hey, I hope MA is generally going well. He said, I know you're busy, but if you need a little a bit of distraction at some point, I found two rather interesting articles this week. The first one was surfaced by Morning Brief. And goes on. I was like, well, there Love you it. go. So, I, you know, I, he just sent that to me, like, you know, or at least I guess he sent it to me a little while ago, but I just saw it like an hour ago. And I was like, huh, okay, well, there you go. I mean, Justin. It's working. It's working. Maybe Justin is prematurely pessimistic. So, yeah. I mean, but he, so here's the thing, though. I mean, I think the one thing you have to keep in mind is, um, you know, I think it takes a while to find product market fit or not even product market fit but just to really figure something figure out a product right you got to stay on it and i and i think you sometimes have a tendency to kind of like fail too fast pivot yeah, too fast You're like ah it's not gonna work i'm out you know new one you know? I, no i would say it's not a tendency it's a it's a it's a pattern yeah well, I'm, I'm trying to i'm yeah. trying to be uh, generous here trying to be nice, <laughs> <Right>. to be nice. <laughs> that's right but <laughs> appreciate it yeah i mean it, it's like you just figure it out if someone said look justin Morning brief is it. You have to make this work. Figure it out. Like, there is a business here. It is. Yeah. It's just a matter of how hard you want to work to figure it out. I mean, Math Academy, I am committed. I, you know, there's, there's really... In fact, I was just having a conversation with, with Phil about this the other day. He's like, there's just really no walking away. I mean, there's been no walking away for a long time. Too much money, too much time, too much, you know, uh, there's too many obligations and commitments that I've made, both indirect and direct to too many people. There is no, failure is not an option, right? You're, you're a pig. Did I discuss this? Yeah, you are you're, a pig. you know, yeah. a, a, a chicken's involved, but a pig's committed, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, the, the thing is that, um, I think, I think Paul Graham was famous, has famously said something like, you know, it's, it's like, if an idea is bad, with a good enough enough hard work, you can still make it into an okay business. It won't maybe become an amazing business, but you can still make it into a business. It's the it's that creativity and the quality of the idea and stuff that can take it from an okay business into a great business. But um, I think with Morning Brief, you know that's why I was a little disappointed. We're like, ah, we're just gonna do this and pivot, and it's gonna be ads, and it's like, okay, well, there's the beginning of the end. It's it seems to me that you know. A little more, you know, commitment, a little more uh, elbow grease, a little more, you know, just digging in and figuring it out. And you guys can come up with something that's going to, that people will be like, hey, you know what? This is, saves me enough time. It gives me enough signal. I, I'm really happy that it's around. I'd be disappointed if it was, or I'd be very disappointed if I couldn't use it anymore. I mean, it's just, a, I think you can get there. You just got to just commit to it. I mean, I did say last show that it wasn't the end of, it wasn't the end of premium. I just said we were gonna we we're gonna focus on free, get that sorted, and then and then move back to it. And um, I mean, that's pretty much the path that we're following. Mm-hmm. It's just that I'm much more excited about the premium now that I've gone so deep into the free to make that really good. And so it, with the free, it's going to be five links plus summaries mm-hmm. for any of the topics, and we're going to have a lot of topics. But it's just going to be one topic. Yeah, so you're just going to be free, you're going to be freemium. Okay. So I mean, yeah, it's going to be it's essentially freemium. Yeah, yeah I mean I think freemium is fine. I I just don't like the idea of just an ad-based service. I just uh, I'm right. not an expert about it, but I feel like I continually read about how the, those businesses get worse and worse. You just get more and more competitive and you have to have more and more eyeballs and you just get sort of incentivized 
to do all the wrong things because there's so little margin and there's you know you have to have such scale to do it whereas if you could create um if you can create something where people are willing to pay for it then you're incentivized to do the things that you probably would feel a lot better about well for this i take inspiration from uh uh Pete Cooper. Do you remember Peter Cooper, who we've interviewed a couple of times? Years ago. It has been um, a long time, but yeah, he runs um, like JavaScript, JavaScript Weekly. Weekly. Or, yeah, I, I, yes. I, I, I get that still. Yeah, so, you know, there's a he has 170,000 subscribers on that one newsletter. Wow. And they make enough money to, you know, to to employ like five people in an office. Well, there you go. <laughs> so I mean, who would have thought so, like a JavaScript like round a weekly email? That's That's pretty amazing. Well, well, that so that's the reason why um, I just wanted to clarify you, like the ads for emails of this kind, it's different. It's it's not as bad. It's not as lowbrow or um, race to the bottom um, as it is that are like well, like if it's web, you know, Google Analytics or something like that. Because as you correctly pointed out, like if you've got a lot of tech uh, people signing up to tech, like Python or Elixir or whatever, like then you put jobs in there, and you know they're, they're happy to pay good money to get leads. Sure. So, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm. You know, I'm glad to hear that you're. Uh, you're kind of swinging it around. You know, you're. You seem like you're more positive. And well, I hear. I want to hear about this though. I want to hear about the summary because that sounds really cool. To me, that sounds like kind of a, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I try. I I tried and um, paid. I tested out a number of different services. Found different summarization tools. <clears throat> signed up to one. Cost like hundred bucks. I think it's ninety bucks a month actually um, to a summarization tool that could essentially do what we needed to do. Mm -hmm. um, and then, but the problem is, is it, it 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 took a long time. And to summarize as much as we needed to summarize, it it would probably be kind of expensive, and we'd be running overages and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I asked Joe, you know, can you can you put together something for me? Like, can you can you build a summarizer? So it was like, okay. So two days later, the summaries that are coming back from Joe's software are like two times better than this other any of the other services. Wow. I don't know. I'm like, how did you do that? In fact, I, I said to him, look, don't tell me how you did that because it's magic in my mind. And I just want to stick with the, the view that it's magic. Like you've done some, something crazy here. But yeah, it's, it's very good. Very good. Well, that's great. Well, I'm, see, I, to, to me, that would, that, that's a killer, um, killer feature. You know, it's the ability to read short summaries of all of the major things that I might want to follow along, but I don't, I can't invest, you know, 20 minutes into reading each article. And then every once in a while, okay, okay, this one I want to read more about. So, so wait, so, so are you saying, I mean, but how, do, how would you pick the articles? How do the, like, are you saying you don't even care about keywords? You just want to do a summary of the top 10 of Hacker News or something? No, 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 no. Cause you know, I mean, obviously the majority of stuff in Hacker News, I'm not interested in. I mean, I... Uh, what I would do is I'd pick keywords and, and then and then it would bring a bunch of articles. What I'd like to see is it would have the links with a little summary below it or whatever. And right. then some of them might be like, oh, that actually looks really interesting. Or is that what I think it is? You know, okay. and because in some cases it might be like, I think I know what that is. And then I'd read the bullet points or the TLDR or whatever it is. And if it, if it looked like it was stuff that I wouldn't have thought of, like, oh, that is not something I could predict, then I need to read it. If it's like, oh, I can predict what they're going to say in that, then I probably wouldn't read it. And it would save yeah. me a lot of time. Just like how, I mean, I think we've talked about in Hacker News, a lot of times what you'll do is if you go to the comments section, section of the Hacker, uh, on an article 
you can quickly get a sense of what the hell the article's about, right? Without even reading the article and discerning whether I should, you should even read it, right? And a lot of times because you'll click to open an article on Hacker News and it'll be like a pause of two or three seconds. You're like, ah, screw it. And you hit the comments and immediately comes up, right? Yeah. So it, it gives you that sense. Uh, it gives you that quick summary, right? A instantaneous summary, like more detail that, than, the, than the title. And uh, so, so, yeah. we'll, so we'll have the summary and we'll have the link to, um, to, the, to Hacker News comments and we'll have an indicator of how busy Hacker News comments are. Yeah. So you'll know if it's if there's like no one. It's this little three bar indicator. If it's just if there's if it's just three bars of gray, then no one's speaking about it on Hacker News. Mm -hmm. If it's like one bar, then like you know five people have spoken about it. Yeah, I mean that, that's an interesting feature. Yeah. I don't know if I would care about that as much or not. Yeah. Sometimes I'm I'm sure. a little bit contrarian. So if everybody thinks something's a big deal, I kind of like well, I don't know. Well, but if you want to, nobody is nobody, nobody. Well, let's put it this way: you 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 wouldn't click in if you if you at least had an indicator of whether there were any comments whatsoever you wouldn't click into it if there were no comments because you're like all right there's no comments so it's not going to help me oh okay. it's not going to help me get a summary yeah yeah no i mean but if you if you guys had a summary we will have a yeah then i won't summary, need to yeah. go to the comments so you you mm. that'll be a i mean that should be a better and quicker summary than having to go to the comments the comments just was okay. the quickest way for me to get a tldr got so it, if i can it, get the yeah. tldr from this then that would be great i mean i mean i i, I think i think i told you this I mean, years ago, I, mean, I probably repeated this a number, number of times, but I think the when went to, Sane and I went oh. to the Grand Caymans like, I don't know, 20 years ago or something, and 25 years ago. And what they had is that, you, and this was like kind of pre, before you would have high, you know, high-speed internet or any of that kind of stuff. And every morning you'd have like two pages of a faxed, like New York Times or Wall Street Journal or something, they'll be delivered to your room in the morning. And so and, and all the articles were kind of condensed to like, you know, one or two paragraphs. And so you could read through this whole thing in, you know, 20 minutes or 15 minutes, and you would get all the best information in a succinct way. You're like, this was awesome, and I've always loved that. And I was like, that's what I want. You know, what you could do is you could create... It's going to do could, that. You could do this summary, but of Hacker News. Right? It how do you mean? Well, what you could do is you say, "Here is the hacker. Here are the summaries from Hacker News for the day. Here are the best yeah, yeah. No, it, it it can do that. Like it, we already like we've already got that in the bag. Like what well, I'm saying so, as its product. Like just give me. Some people might just say, "Just give me the summary for Hacker News." Just, oh, that's what we're. That's going to be on the free thing. So basically, so yeah. So w what we're going to do is um, we're going to have different. So you're going to go to the homepage of Morning Brief. It's not going to be um, obviously about the premium stuff it's going to be about mm -hmm. the free stuff which is essentially like freemium like you say so then there's going to be okay you can go you can slice and dice hack and use you mm -hmm. know so give me all the stuff on hack and use about python or whatever or give me all the stock stuff on hack and use about whatever and or just give me the top 10 of hack the top five of hack and use like the the summaries of them yeah so that that we're all going to do that um but then I think we're going to limit it to five across the board for the free things, mm -hmm. so that then if you go to the premium, you can do basically whatever the heck you want. Give me the top, the Hacker News top twenty for the day. Summer, you summer. can get Hack News top of ten. But is is that what you would want for your brief, or is that, or would you want two briefs? I don't know. Well, look, I don't have that much time, so I'd probably be pretty. I'd have to kind of pick and choose, but I'm just saying that that kind of I w that's the kind of stuff that I would like. I mean, yeah. you know, sometimes it's like you think you want something, you try it, out, and you're like, well, this is more. Not exactly what I wanted, but um, I would find that I would find that interesting. 
I would find that to be. Um, I would like. So that how would so would you like so how would we go about um, defining like so you'd you'd tell me a couple of things that you might be interested in, then I'll I'll sort of create config code to to make them and then i'll like send you a few different briefs like mm -hmm. and then you can say yeah i want it like this or i want it like this or i want it like this yeah i mean it is could that, be like an iteration too i come back and say hey could you add on a couple more things you know this okay. is pretty cool you know maybe 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 it's not this maybe it's a little narrow a narrower search on this thing that i had before but maybe add these other two things on it or whatever or maybe like you know too much um like maybe may, just i'm not saying you're gonna uh, get this but but maybe, for example, you say, okay, I want Bitcoin, but I don't want any... I want um, less Bitcoin, no, I, want, I want more Britney I, Spears. Okay, <laughs> more Britney yeah. Spears. I want crypto, but I want no Bitcoin. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. so something like that. Yeah, yeah. got it. Right. Yeah, okay. Um, well, I think, that's, mm -hmm. I think that's good. I mean, I, now, have, have you talked to any other users other than VTOL's email to you? Well, we just, we just have the general, the general chat going on in... Um, from the few people who've, who've been using it. But honestly, um, both myself and Joe have just had our head down building ready for this new release, doing the, the summaries, and um, Joe's been fixing a lot, uh, fixing and improving a lot of stuff. And so, that, by the way, this, this free release, I, last time I spoke to you, you're like, how, you, how, when will you get that done? I'm like, oh, I'm already halfway there. <laughs> it's like, I'll get it done in a couple of days. And of course, like, we've, we, we haven't spoken for three weeks, and it's not out the door. But yeah, well, it is software. so close. It will be out the door by the end of this coming week. Mm -hmm. And the reason why it's taken longer is because I realized that we needed to build a really scalable system that would make it really easy for us to output lots of different briefs. And then the other thing that we're doing is um, when we release a brief, we're not just going to sort of say, oh, this here's a brief. We're actually also going to create back issues uh, like four months worth of back issues mm. because the system already has it. It's already got the data. So I can create those four months worth of back issues and then you can go in and look and see exactly what you're, what kind of stuff you're going to get. And it's also going to help with SEO. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah, well, I, I think I think it'll be interesting too is as you talk to more people, you'll get some ideas of like what um, some different briefs might look like and you might have some really interesting ones to um to have like to profile you know sometimes yeah, you get a website yeah. designer and they'll say like, here are 15 different websites that were created you're like oh well those are cool um you know kind of a showcase right and you, you know people could get permission you say okay well here's one on like retro computing and it's all about like the guy who built a you know a vax in his room and then did a, did omega and is emulating commodore some people love that you see those stories pop up on hacker news right you have like yeah, a retro yeah. computing we, brief or something, right? There's, you know, uh, you know, it's like weird. It's like that is a thing, and I guess I guess that's kind of a thing, right? And um, or or you know, just all kind of stuff like that. Or some people might think, well, why do I, why would I want the brief? And then they see a few examples, like, oh, actually, that's really cool. I and mm -hmm. I, I I would love to get see more stories like that because I I seem to always miss someone. I never I, I didn't realize there's as much of that going on. So yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm. I'm glad to see you guys are uh, sticking to it and uh, making progress. I think that's so. You know. So you're game for it. So when would be a good time to go through the, the, the process of Jason telling me what he wants. I don't know. <laughs> we we'll do it next weekend after you're kind of finished up your. You said you're going to release this thing by the end of the week. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll cool. Next awesome. Weekend. And uh, we'll do it then. Is that all right? Does yeah. that sound good? good? Yeah, that's perfect. All right. Uh, so okay. So enough about me. What's going on for you? Let's see. Well, um, I'm the the I'm still in beta hell. 
Um, it's, it's, it's not quite as bad as it was. Um, it's a different kind of hell. I mean, the, the hell that was the first, you know, couple of weeks and the week going up to leading up to the release and stuff was, you know, just the worst. Um, because, you know, I wasn't getting enough sleep and there was so much stress and, and, uh, now I've stopped having the tension headaches as much, you know, and as a result of all the stress and, and, uh, you know, lack of sleep, but, um, it's still, I'm still in the zone where it's like, it's frustrating for a couple of reasons. One, um, is that it's just taking longer than I'd like to get all the bugs fixed and all the core features rolled out. Right. You just, right. you want it done yesterday and it, it's just, it just doesn't happen that quickly. It just takes a while. Um, yeah. you know, because these, these little features you think, oh, that's just a quick feature. And then you realize it's actually, it's not little and it's going to be substantial and there's all these different things have to be thought through and there's it pulls a string that pulls another string that pulls another string yeah exactly basically. so mm-hmm. um you, have to, you make all these decisions and then you're just like oh man that isn't like three hours that's more like three days you know um so there's 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 that just kind of frustration there's 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 a general frustration embarrassment when people are finding bugs and you're just like oh that's a bad one right mm-hmm. I, you know, it's just it's such a it's such a frustrating experience. Um, and you know you could fix it. You just need a little more time, right? And especially when people are hitting the same bug, <laughs> right? Right, yeah. And yeah. it's just like, oh, just... But then you have other bugs and other things you have to fix. You've had to fix first. So... Um, How do you prioritize? That's what I wanted to ask you. How do you triage that? Well, I, I'd like to say it's systematic, but it, it's really not. It's more like, well... I think I can knock this one out relatively quickly. I mean, I try and it, it's sort of a very gut feel in, in looking at how bad is this bug and how quickly can I fix it, right? So if you take, if, 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 if you have two bugs and they're both bad and one takes you like, you know, two hours and it's going to take you two days, you take, you fix the one that takes two hours first, right? Um, assuming the bugs have the same, ne- same level of negative impact on people. Um, so have you ever like uh, moved from one bug to another in the middle of fixing it because another one came in? It's like, oh man, this takes so much precedence. I'm just going to stop this. Um, probably. You know, I'd have to think about it. I mean, it's all kind of like, you know, it's a kind of a blur at times. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. like, what have I fixed or what have I done? But, um, you know, like, okay, well, I have a few different things I could talk about, but. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you certainly got to jump on the things that are are are, are the are the worst that, that could really screw things up for for kids are really frustrating. Yeah. You want you want to get those, but also those ones like you, you have you have certain bugs. You're like, I don't even know how to fix that. Like, I don't even know what could cause that. Like, yeah. I, I don't know yeah. how to reproduce that. Yeah, that that's when you don't know how to. That's the absolute worst when you don't know how to reproduce a bug. That's really bad. Yeah, so I have one like that, which is, hey, you know, like every once in a while a question pops up and it's even, even though I answer correct, it marks as it is incorrect. What the hell? I, you know, it's like, how would that happen? So those are the kind that just gives you that sick feeling because you're just trying to figure out how you're even going to reproduce it to fix it. And, you know, I was talking with Phil about it yesterday and he said it, he put it perfectly. He's like, yeah, you got to set a trap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like that's a good way, but you gotta you gotta set a trap, and um, you gotta figure out how do I trap this bug, you know? And obviously, a certain <laughs> way it's like you know, certain type of logging or whatever. But you just gotta make sure you're logging the right thing so you can set the trap. Um, so that's that. So that's like my worst bug right now. 
because it's really it's embarrassing. It's like, oh, I answered this correct. It says it's incorrect. Like that's mm-hmm. demoralizing as a student or as a kid. You know, you're just like, um, it's uh, it's like, well, you're fu- it's like, what what am I fundamentally doing? Your system, the, the core activities is I'm answering questions to determine what I've learned in the material or to help me learn it and getting feedback where I got it right or wrong. And if it's, if that's not even doing that right, that's not good. Right. What do you, what do you even say? I mean, do you like, so, so do you message that to everyone and say, by the way, like randomly, it might sometimes say that something's right is wrong. Or do you just not tell anyone? I mean, you just try and fix it as quickly as possible. Like what's the, uh, you know, I, it's funny. I go through periods where I'm over communicative and then where I'm under communicative. So there's a period where I'm like emailing every day, you know, and then there's a period where I haven't emailed in a couple of weeks. So it's like I got to send an email out today with just kind of a, a sort of a summary of the updates and what's 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 been added and improved and what's coming up. Um, and so that's one of the things I need to talk about. But mostly I've been emailing back and forth with people who have been reporting these kinds of bugs. Right now, can, can I just ask a question about this bug, this specific bug? Is this just a front end display issue or is it actually storing that data as wrong? Don't know yet. I got to, I, it's, that's, it's, that's, I, I, that's today's, this afternoon's, um, got sort it. of thing. Except, so you'll look except I found out when I was, I was trying to, cause I was trying to finish up something I'd started yesterday, this morning. And then VS code suddenly decides that it can't, the debugger doesn't work. Like it won't launch the debugger. <laughs> and I'm Love spending it. like an hour and a half, like searching around, you know, stack overflow and everywhere else trying to figure out like, why the hell want a debug? It can't attach to the bugger. You know, it's like, uh you know, it's like, that's just, just what I needed. Right. Um, so, but as soon as that, that, that would be the next most important bug. And I would probably just go and, and, and I, ha- cause I have some emails about it and some screenshots. So I'm going to go to try and find the pattern as best I can. And then try and determine, okay, w- you know, looking at that, that that's question 37. It was on this diagnostic for the student. Like, hey, what is that marked as in the in the database? And then, okay, yeah. determine if that's the case. If it's actually in the database, it's not a display issue. Then you know, I have to kind of figure out. I, I then I would go to the next level. So, I mean, hopefully, I mean, sometimes this happens, right? You have this bug that you you're 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 actually kind of you kind of get that sick feeling about because you don't really know where to even start yeah. with it, right? And then you sit yeah. down and you actually fix it in 30 minutes. And you're like, oh, yeah, I know that's damn. that's crazy. I had an, it, I forgot to put parentheses around this or an and and a SQL query or something. And you're like, damn mm, it, mm. you know, it was so not a big deal, but it's just because you know, a lot of these bugs are literally like one line of code or two characters. I mean, it's usually small, small things. It's not like, well, there's this big gaping hole of logic that was there. It was usually just something really tiny. And once you figure out what it is, it's just like, oh man, you know, how did I? I had that a couple of weeks ago. Like, there was a there was a back tick. Just I'd randomly accidentally put a back tick somewhere. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that was causing the whole thing to break. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I I know exactly that kind of that kind of problem. Um, So okay, there's a couple things I wanted to say about this. Um, Well, I I might just hop around a little bit, but um, yeah, no, it's fine. So. That's a little bit. That's a little frustrating. Just, I mean, it's just as a software developer, it's, it's just, it's not, it's never a good feeling when people are finding bugs, right? It's just not great. I mean, you, we all know that's part of the process, and and but it just doesn't mean you enjoy it, right? Yeah. In the early days, there's more, there's a higher proportion of them, um, and so it's just more frustrating, um, especially since you're like, 
oh, I, I, you're just I'm, you're right in the position where you can start rolling out the features that are really going to make everybody happy, and then you get these nasty bug reports. You're like, oh man. And you can't blame Siva lot, you know. This right, is you this me, right? But it's like <laughs> it sucks because you wanted to roll out this cool feature that's going to make everybody happy. Everybody's been waiting for, it, but now you can't because you got to spend two or three days fighting some, you know, trying to determine what the cause of some bug is. So that's just frustrating. Um, well, now I see. I think we have about thirty-five Pang users. I think it's oh, fantastic, give or, give or take. Yeah, I mean, you know, we'll we'll see if that keeps. You know, we'll see what the, what pace that is. Um, but um, it's been a little, it's a little time consuming when you're doing all of these onboarding sessions, right? And not just because you, oh, okay, I got to take an hour and, and do all this, which is, which it's, it's actually all the emails back and forth. You're setting up their account and I have to do a bunch of stuff manually in the database because, and I have to do all this, you know, setting up the diagnostic test. Just like what you said, get like, make it till you bleed in the fingers and you have to build the stuff to automate. Yeah. You're just like, Oh my God, I've got to automate this. It's driving me nuts because what happens is, you know, and I, is if you get a bunch of users before you're ready, then you can't make progress because you spend all the time servicing them manually right everything is done via email oh let me fix that let me change this oh can you do this can you do that right and now you're and now and now now the progress the, the product just isn't moving forward so you have to be you, you have you, if, if you're too hesitant to bring people on and then you're like the standard problem that all like you know technical uh, startups that are started by technical leads is they spend all their time um uh polishing polishing and they don't actually get any feedback and use it but um so you have to have an you have to have enough people, but you're going to go through. I think you have to go through that period of pain where you're just like you're not you're not necessarily developing at pure at, at perfect efficiency because you're spending time doing stuff inefficiently, but it really focuses on what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, not only in terms of to make yourself efficient, but also because you're talking to those people, you really know where their hot buttons are, right? What do they really care about? And I mean, if, if really, I, I think. I think Math Academy is falling in this in this space where it's like I can't, I can't remember where the saying goes, but it's like your product doesn't have to be good if it's great. <laughs> Meaning that mm. if it really does its core job, if it really solves somebody's problem that, that they really have a problem for, they'll they'll put up with the fact that it that it's pretty rough around the edges in a lot of ways, or kind of incomplete yeah. in other ways. Um, and maybe not forever, but they'll be like, okay, fine. So it's like if you have a car and you're like, well. It doesn't have any doors. Doesn't have any. Doesn't have reverse. <laughs> Half the time it doesn't start. But if you don't, if that's the only car you have, like you'll be damn happy that you got a car to drive you somewhere, right? Even though it's kind of a piece of crap in other ways. Right? Have you had any like um, follow up, you know, conversations with anyone who's who's been using it now? Um, uh, yeah, more more follow up emails. Um, okay. So. You know, and 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 uh, like James Jensen, who I mentioned, his he he sent me a couple, you know, ha- maybe a handful of really good emails with feedback, which is really nice because he said, "Hey, I found this, I found this, I found this." Um, but he's like, you know, generally he's like, you know, supportive, right? It's really nice when you have like sort of fellow technical people who are like, "Dude, you're you're getting there. Don't sweat it." You know, here here's just what I found. You know, stay on target. Nice. You know, like I keep I keep getting those, which is which are great. You know, um, now of course that 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 
that kind of patience will only last so long, right? After a certain point of time, they're like, dude, this thing just, is, you're not fixing this stuff. I can't use it. Um, but at the early phases, I'm getting a lot, of, a lot of sort of that sort of support where they're giving me detailed feedback of the exact bug, either either recording, like a, like a video recording of what happened or good screenshots with very clear explanations of when and how it happened. So, oh, you get a video recording. That's super helpful. Yeah, James sent me some video. He's like, here, I'll, here, I'll take a video of what, what actually happened, which is really cool. Um, um, let's see. Uh, you know, what, what is really nice, too, is that uh, a lot of people who are signing up, it's like this is a burning need. So there's two different um, moms that I talked to, and they were just like, thank God you guys came out with this. I mean, we are so happy we are so <laughs> happy one was like literally we are blessed <laughs> like they were like and i was like wow oh, thanks i you know i hope it lives up to your expectations like oh you know we tried all these other things and it's so frustrating and i'm just so we've just been hoping that math academy come out she's like i don't know if you remember we came to a presentation of yours a couple years ago or this or that you know there's different versions of this and they're really nice right i mean really nice to have these conversations obviously you know these people who are super excited um but it lets you know that there is a real there's a real need right there's an unserved Mm -hmm. market um that we can that we can tackle and um, and once we really get all our ducks in a row, we really and everything is really clean, and there are no bugs, and it's the onboarding is slick, and the messaging is great. You know, you know then it's, it's I think it should be really really smooth sailing. Um, so that's talk really about cool. a business with a moat. <laughs> and no one has no one has built a business with a bigger moat than <laughs> Math Academy. God, well. You know, it's funny. I was reading the um, there was an article where a guy was analyzing the S one on Duolingo. I think it was on Hacker News mm. a few days ago. And one of the things the guy was talking about is how the difference between Duolingo and like you know things like I don't know Coursera and Udemy and all these other things is that those are other like layers on top of a marketplace where they didn't really create the content. It was the content is created by other people, universities, professors, teachers, whatever. Yeah where Duolingo creates all of its own content in-house. Yeah. And that way it can curate it and craft it in exactly the experience they want. And I talk about the moat is, I'm like, yeah, well, that's exactly what we're doing too. It's the moat. That's the moat. It's this yeah. huge, huge moat. So the other thing that was interesting about the Duolingo thing is they had, I think it was either, they either have 280 or 320 developers. Can you imagine? Well, <laughs> Out of 400 I mean, that's people. insane. I mean, you've already, like, even when you said that about Uber, like, when you said, wow, they've got, like, a 1,000 developers, 2,000 developers, it was just, it was always insane to me. Yeah, yeah, so, and I think it was, like, I think, I can't remember where I ran the numbers, it was, like, they have 46 people are, are working on just the core product, not even, the core engine, not even, like, like, the, you know, the different product expansion, extensions or something, but just the core infrastructure is, like, 46 people, I think was the number. It's just a whole new problem of managing and synchronizing people and content and code and pushing to production and there's it like it brings a huge headache with it to have that many people see i don't want to do that so i'm intent on not doing that i'm intent is saying as small as possible because i don't think you have to do that in fact no i just I i just read an article i think it was like harvard business review or something and they were talking about how you know, the pandemic and all this work from home stuff is really showing how a lot of these middle managers aren't needed. <laughs> right. These people, their only job is to make sure other people are doing their jobs. Um, 
because especially when we're in this, in this remote world where we have so many people who are really creating, they're creating some kind of digital product or, out, or artifact, which can be easily tracked and measured. So it's like clear, did somebody either design that screen or not? Did they write that code or not? Did they configure that server or not? You know what I mean? It's just like, you can tell, right? It's, 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 it's just, there's, there's no like, are these people really working? You know, you don't have to like, are they sitting at their desk? Like you don't even need to worry about that. Like nobody even cares. Did you deli- did did you uh, refresh that dis- that that suite of icons that we needed? Yeah. Okay. Great. Nobody cares if it took you three hours or thirty hours. It, it was a big job. Got it done. We needed to. Great. Awesome. You know. Um, so you, you you don't need all these middle managers in a lot of these cases, or you many fewer of them. And you know, any time I've seen these, so I'm really personally anti bureaucracy. I just hate it. And um, I, uh, you know, when I talked to my director of uh, content, Alex, it's, you know, we don't have these conversations much anymore because we've, you know, we really kind of have a pretty seamless operation at this point. But, you know, the content team is like, I don't know, something like 18 people, give or take. And it was really about how do we organize this, this, this content development um, platform and, and sort of, uh, you know, factory that we've created where people are spending most of their time creating content and not doing meta work, right? And in the yeah. early days, I felt like Alex was spending a lot of time writing up what he would call briefs, which are sort of like work, like here, I want you to do this. And I would, he'd write up all these long, you know, things describing all the stuff he wanted done. And then the, and then the editors would kind of do the similar thing. And I was just like, Alex, man, like, I think we're, I think you guys are spending way too much time in the meta work. Like, let's, how do we not do that? Like, I want mo- people to spend 90 90 to 95% of time actually writing lessons, writing questions, you know, like creating content, not writing stuff for other to tell other people what they want them to do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, t- I t- totally know what you mean. But it's not just that. It's like the tech as well. Like and you're talking about like keeping teams small, like uh-huh. people being people being uh, like ants and carrying like a thousand times their weight. Um, that's so possible with today's, with today's technology. I mean, we're just discussing this with Joe, just about if, you know, if we really wanted to, we could create a site that could like deal with millions of page views a day and it could just be running on a couple of small servers, you know, yeah, if you really, if you, yeah, if you write, if you code it in the right way, if you have the right, just yeah. different caching techniques, like, mm-hmm. you know, you can use like CloudFront, uh, uh, I, I can't remember the name of that cloud solution provider, Cloudflare. but they'll essentially um cloudflare that's the one yeah so i mean that they'll basically they'll basically ship your content for you and it's it's 20 bucks a month (laughs) you know so that they'll give you the scale that you need as long as you correctly configure it and pass everything through their cdn and stuff like that so there's there's so much power um that just a small team has these days compared to what used to be possible when when i first started at this stuff it's insane well i mean i think the reality is that you can you can move with fewer people you can obviously move much faster in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, and I feel yeah. like, you know, and I, I've talked about this before, years ago, but when I was, you know, when I would go up to Uber and it got, once it got to a certain size, it was like nothing. It felt like it would t- you have to move a mountain to make any headway. It was just mm-hmm. so much, so much complexity and so many people and so much stuff moving at the same time that you just couldn't get your footing on anything and make any progress. And it was just, it wasn't, and so it was really hard to get anything done. And it wasn't fun. It wasn't yeah. fun anymore. It wasn't nearly as fun like it was in the early days. And I don't mean just like fun with two or three people or with just, you know, Curtis and I creating this stuff or just a hand. I mean, but it was like, you know, 30 people, 40 people. That was pretty cool. 
But when it got yeah. up to hundreds of people, I don't know. I just I kind of felt sort of really disconnected from it and it and, and when it got to thousands, I mean it was just like whatever, you know, I'm just waiting for my equity to vest, you know, I'll finish this thing out because this thing was kinda you just felt like you couldn't make an impact and that's really frustrating. You know, you're trying to make you're trying to get stuff done and you can't get anything done and you're just like I'm feeling but even guilty. The pro- I'm doing everything I can to try and get stuff done and I can't get anything done. A friend of mine works for um uh, an education company and not not modern teacher, something different. And um she's she's product manager and just described the process of like working for this giant company and getting even just a small feature through like even just a change of a checkbox or something like getting it from end to end it's got to go through so many people so many people got to sign it off it's like incredibly slow yeah well Um, that's that's why that's why startups can beat incumbents over time i mean you know sometimes these big comments they have you know they have the you know the mind share and they have the money and all stuff but then then they just become this big fat sitting duck you know and it's just a matter of time before you know they're slaughtered um that's why the big companies don't scare me there's the smaller companies that are uh, yeah. the, the, the most dangerous um smaller companies with a super bright guy like you who <laughs> like have the, a similar kind of passion and who like yeah. Who do I not know about, right? I mean, yeah. the reality is you really shouldn't focus. You, I, I think I don't yeah. think you need I don't think it's worth worrying about competition. It's just worrying about satisfying your customer. Right? The the world's big enough. It's like, you know, it's like you're it's like if you're have a fishing boat in the Pacific and someone says, "Hey man, there's another fishing boat oh, boat over in the Atlantic." <laughs> like, well, who cares? Well, the <laughs> It does depend on the market size, though, I will say. like, So so let's say, for example, you're selling something just to SaaS companies. Mm-hmm. Like you're a B2B and your only target is SaaS companies. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, that's, a, that's a strictly limited market. I don't know how many, 30,000, mm-hmm. 40,000. Used to be 10,000. Maybe now it's 30,000. But it's, it is limited to that. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why, that's why Bear Metrics, um, who went ahead and created that great premium product for every SaaS company to just plug directly on top of Stripe, mm-hmm were just basically blown out the water by ProfitWell, who built an amazing free, basically the same, very similar service. Mm. So, you know, right. it's possible. Right. It can, it can, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah so, yeah. Um, anyway. So let me see if I get back to anything else that's kind of interesting <laughs> about... Jumping around. This is good. This is good. Jumping around. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I, 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 I'm kind of at this point where it's just, I just got to kind of grind through these bugs and, and get these kind of core features out, um, you know, and see if we could get up to, I'd feel pretty good if we got up to like 50 paying customers. I feel like that would be a mm-hmm. nice starting point um, for us um, to build off of that. I mean, I'm not going to try and do any real marketing or anything for a while. I don't want to do marketing until the onboarding is set and all the core features are set because it's just... You know, you have the, you have, it just, I think it's sort of a waste of time. From the 30, you said 35 paying customers? I think it's about? roughly give or take, yeah. Uh, okay, from those 35 paying customers, what would you say the mix is of the, of the sort of psychographic type of, of customer? Mm, I'd say the vast majority of them are six, people taking, who are like uh, in the sixth, fifth, sixth or seventh grade doing our sort of you know, our integrated math one course, which is sort of like pre-algebra through algebra two. It's like a kind of combined thing. So, and it's nice. mostly the kind, it's mostly kids who are somewhere in the range of, you know, you know, bright, they're bored with what's going on in school. They're be, they're, it's not challenging to them. Their parents are frustrated. 
to, you know, we have some that are like sort of, you would describe as sort of profoundly gifted. You know, they're like fourth grade and they're like watching all these math videos on, you know, like binomial theorem or complex numbers or something like that. You know, and they just stir. They talk about math all the time. So those are two distinctly different groups, though. Right. The, the profoundly gifted, obsessed with math is different from the, hey, my my son or my daughter is 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 bright. The stuff they're doing in school is below them. I want them doing something that challenges them and is, is a better is a better fit for them, right? Those kids don't necessarily okay. want to spend their, all their time thinking or talking about math anymore, any longer than it takes them to do their homework. Although they are excited about the idea of learning advanced math, of learning it efficiently and faster, and, um, you know, and, and thinking of themselves as smart, but they're not like, you know, they're not what I, they're not like the profoundly gifted, which is a, it's just a, it's a little different little different group that's mm-hmm. when i'm talking to the when i would talk to the parents and they're just like i don't know what to do with this kid i mean i just i don't know what to do with them they're just you know it's just always kind of really they're they're, they're really interesting funny stories but the mom the the, 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 the moms i've talked to are literally pulling their head out they're like i i you don't know what to do here um and that's a that's a little different conversation um but you know we have some adults who are doing um like uh, calculus or start to do a relearning undergraduate math. And there's another, I think I mentioned another um, texting listener who wants to start uh, doing a machine learning, math for machine learning stuff. Um, you know, I have some people doing calculus and multivariable calculus. So there's other, other things, but if you had... So now you finally know who Mark is. You've actually spoken to him. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> That's who I was doing my, my the other Yeah, po- no, other I found that. I, I, when we talked, I was like, oh, then I put, you know, I put a name to a face. I'm like, oh, oh okay, okay, okay. So at first I, could, I didn't, I didn't, it, was, it wasn't all connecting up for me. But yeah, he sent me back some, you know, really good feedback as well. So he's one of the people who've been really helpful. Yeah, super smart guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so a nice guy yeah. too. So, uh, but but we have um, so Vitol is one of our customers. His daughter is using it, and she's oh, fantastic. They're in Latvia, and then I, I think I don't think this other guy is a texting listener, but they are in uh, Taipei. So we have two international, and then Mark is in Mark um, in Hong Kong, or is he in Taipei? Yeah, yeah, he's he's he. I I should know exactly where he's he Singapore. is, but. I, He's somewhere. He's, he's, yeah. He's, anyway, so we have three. We have at least three international customers. There could be more. Everybody, most everybody else is in either New York or, you know, California. Some people up in Seattle and stuff. So, um, yeah, yeah. And I figure if we could get, if we can get, I was kind of we we're kind of on the numbers. Depending on what we end up making, the final pricing being, we could hit kind of a break even everybody's getting paid except for me and we're the sort of <laughs> one dollar a year you're on one dollar exactly a year, right? we're in the like 750 to a thousand paying customers and we'll be we'll be in well we'll be the master of our own destiny at that point um i'm on a podcast i'm sorry you there? sorry just i was just telling jack 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 just ran in there I was just telling him that I was on a podcast, recording a podcast. But, you know, saying that we could, I mean, we could probably get to 75 just doing, like, what we're doing now, which is, like, no marketing and just in bait. I mean, just, and all you have to do is 10x from there, and you're a break-even, which is with any (laughs) marketing at all. So, yeah, okay. All you have, yeah, I I believe it. I believe the vision. Like, all you have to do, I mean, it's funny you say all you have to do is 10 exit <laughs> yeah. but like no it's it's true it's 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 very possible yeah so i mean i'm not saying it's going to happen in like three months or something but um you know 
maybe by the end of the maybe by you know in 12 months or something we could be at break even or something like that i don't know so yeah so you so your prediction or your your prediction or well, not prediction but like um sensible goal is within 12 months break even yeah, I mean, I'd like it to be sooner or not, but, you know, I think it's going to take two to three months to really get a lot of the basic features really fully in place and the um, and the onboarding fully in place, mm. all that stuff really cleaned up. Yeah. And then, and then doing some marketing after that. But here's the thing, though, is, like, there's definitely some seasonality to this, right? So... You know, there's some people who jump on later. They're like, oh, you know, we were doing this other thing or this other class or these whatever. And it wasn't and we want to find something else because this has not been a good solution. But not as many people are going to be looking at it once they're sort of halfway through it as they are sort of at the beginning of a school year. Yeah. So I, 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 I'm a little pessimistic that it would be as easy um, to pull people in and say, like, you know, January or something as there is in you know, August, September. I I really can concur like from you know being in the education space for like 10 years or whatever that is very true <laughs> yeah the seasonality of it yeah but um but when you have people who are like doing the more adult stuff or the more advanced stuff i mean obviously that 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 tends to be more of what just something they'll, they'll do whenever you know they can find a solution you know so i don't think you know uh i don't think that'll matter but we'll see. Well, that, but we'll see. You know? that's, that's kind of an interesting point. Like, so your marketing drive should be, you know, because you've kind of got two segments there. You've got your adults who want to up, up level and you've got kids. So maybe you, you, you do marketing drives to the other one, you know, mm-hmm. based on seasons, right? Right. So you do the podcast circuit or whatever. Well, then it's the like the, then people who are applying. Well, there's, there's different things. There's people who are who are preparing for applications to private schools and taking the ISEE or something test, whatever that is. Or people preparing for their, um, uh, you know, the AP exams or something. Like there's there are different things that happen throughout the year where people could benefit from our system. Interesting. You know, yeah. there are there are all all these different things. So, but you know, it's also true though. When I talk to some of these parents whose kids are either home or homeschooled they're not really working on a nine-month thing they're kind of always doing stuff hmm. so they're really flexible they're kind of like well because I, I would say something like well do you want to you know because one thing i'll say to them i say are you, you going to do this like monday through friday are you gonna do this they're like well you know we kind of do it every day or we kind of do this or we don't really take vacate we we're, we're we, we travel but we're still we're doing stuff all the time anyway the kids need to keep stay busy i'm like oh, okay you know i hear stuff versions of that all the time so, you know, it's funny yeah. you uh, bring up... Oh, sorry, were you going to say one thing? No, no, that's, that's, finish it, up? that's it. Yeah, it's funny you bring up the homeschooling thing because we've just started, you know, um, in first grade, official homeschooling first grade. Right. And just received uh, from Bookshark basically two very large boxes <laughs> full of book and curricula and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. We're now essentially... Well, Georgie is essentially becoming a full-time teacher at this point. Yeah, yeah, um, no, it's, which is like it's a lot. Oof. It's a lot. It, it's a lot. Now it's obviously easier when they're younger because it's so basic. You know, it's like you're learning your ABCs and your one, two, three. You know, arithmetic and you know that stuff is. But as they get older, then it becomes more and more difficult. It takes more and more time, and especially if you, mean, especially if you have to teach them stuff where you're not really particularly yeah an expert in or really interested in. So if you're not a math person, all of a sudden you got to teach them math. That's gonna suck, right? It's like ugh. I mean. Even the first thing that we did um, today, like the, like was a science experiment. So there's 
there's a science experiment for every day for the the whole, mm-hmm. I guess, semester. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, you know, the science experiment today was to sort of explain how the seasons worked and how the sun rotated, uh, the the Earth goes around the sun. But like, it's a it's a huge amount of setup. Like, they want you to put a lamp in the middle of the room. They give you a, like a polystyrene ball that you put a skewer through. They um, want you to explain to the kid like they, there's a thumbtack on the planet where you are. And you're kind of walking around the room. So essentially, it's like an hour's worth of work. And then you've got to, you know, mark down. This is like even just the very first lesson. So I'm thinking, wow, this is like, this is real school. It's a lot of, like, it's a, and it's is, a lot of effort. And imagine the first day, now, let's, you know, do eight months into it. You're just like, oh, you know, <laughs> exhausting, <laughs> right? Um, the other thing, too, is, well, that's that's why I think homeschool will be one of our big potential markets. Because if we can take... Um, math off the table it's like okay well math you don't have to worry about now like you can you can focus on the life sciences and the social studies and the english and the french or whatever heck you want to do but it's like okay math we're gonna be able to do it better and faster than you can do and and i'm sure and and once you get up to getting up to pre-algebra and algebra level then then parents start going oh god i don't remember this stuff and i'm gonna have to relearn it and i don't want to you know my kids like kind of a natural at this and it's hard to stay ahead of them you know they, i keep hearing stuff like that too so that's why that's such a big uh, potential market and and because yeah. i've read something too i mean this may be i don't think it's temporary but it may not be as as pronounced it is now but they said that the the homeschooling doubled over the last couple of years from two and a half million to five million yeah because uh, yeah and, <laughs> well, obviously because of COVID right because of COVID, but, like, but a lot of people afterwards are saying you know we're just going to stay homeschooling for a while because we just think we can do a better job or we're or yeah it's a it's a it's better it's a it's a, it's a or it's just a you know it's what they've decided it's a better uh solution for their family or for their child or for whatever for, for all kinds of different reasons well it gets rid of um like so in the time that Jack was in school obviously he was younger but there was you know all the social issues like you know how is my kid do it dealing with other kids you know he's got these different issues etc etc that all kind of goes away with homeschooling because you you're at home and then you do play dates you just sort of organize play dates mm-hmm. and so it's like very um well not not play dates it's actually um, part of the homeschool i don't know what it curriculum like mm-hmm. where you actually go in the feed do field work with other kids yeah right, but it's just right. much less time it's it's much less mm-hmm. time for i don't know some some bullying scenario to to create to get created or something like that right. which did happen when he was at school you know right by the way right yeah right because he because you were drive she was having to drive him all the way into pasadena for a while there right you know well, that was a like huge we were doing for, three days a week yeah that, exactly that was, which is no, that was nightmare brutal, right that's so yeah was, yeah where you guys were talking about that i was like i can't you doing that for any like that, that seems so really far. dumb yeah and yeah. But how long did she do that for like a year or six months well, okay she couldn't do it too long because the pandemic hit within it's a year, like right? we bought man we bought this house at exactly the right time like we bought we bought it uh in I think we we sort of closed around Christmas, you know, uh-huh. just just maybe February second or something like that. Sorry, January second, and uh, you know, moved in and started living here, and then COVID dri- would, for, for that first few months, you know, driving uh, first month or whatever, driving back and forward, and then yeah, COVID. Right. That was just when you started saying, "Hey, hey, I think we ought to pay attention to this COVID thing." <laughs> <laughs> You know, just right at the time, you're like, you know, I think it's going to be something big. Did I, really I say do. that to you? I don't know if we were doing the show at that time. I yeah, think. I think you you said it to me. Oh, did you I? You said it to me. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if you said it on the show. Right. That's interesting. Okay, well, yeah, anyway, so the homeschool stuff is a 
is a is an is an interesting market. So we'll we'll see we'll see what happens there. Oh, um, okay. This is complete. Can I can I do some yeah, tell you something go. completely yeah, yeah. unrelated? Yeah. Okay. So, in the vein of never invest in something that Justin <laughs> mentions, I want. <laughs> You're going all in on NFTs. About, <laughs> I want to tell you about something that I thought that I think is kind of cool, and just bring this up. So, okay. there's there's a company that I've been following for I guess. I don't know, since 2016, mm. called Lilum, L-I-L-U-M, or L-I-L-L-U-M. And basically, they're making ele an electric, um, elect like, they're essentially the Tesla of, 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 of like, light aircraft. Okay. Uh, you know, and I've, I sent you a link to it, like, way back, and you were like, yeah, that's cool. But it was only a prototype. It was only a model at the time. Mm. So they've been, they've been hacking away at this model, this prototype, and now it's this real plane that can, that can carry five or seven passengers, and they've sort of got this whole business model where they're going to like sell it to people and then they can create in their town like a local transport, like an Uber type system. Right. Um, and anyway, they just they just went public just just a few days ago um, on NASDAQ. And, uh, you know, it's like 10 bucks a share. You buy an and it seems like I I personally have. Yes, I have bought 10 shares. <laughs> Yeah, whole hundred dollars worth. Huh? You're, I'm, you're, you're like, you like, you're like a real whale, right? You just like move the market. Yeah. <laughs> I do intend to, um, to, to buy I'm an eleventh share. I'm going to use your professional terminology. I'm going to average in, okay, over time. Okay, yeah, okay. So I'll buy some more, you know, and uh, yeah. I, I'm I'm behind this I'm behind this company. Okay, well I, I think it's fun so. To don't ins invest in. Them. <laughs> I think it's good to invest in things that you're excited about. Yeah, you right. know, I mean, because you because then you can stay in longer than other people. Other people are just like they get shaken out of the slightest downside move, and they're like, "Oh, I, I knew this wasn't going to work," and they're out. Whereas oh no, no, and this is definitely like a t like a proper long term thing. I'm not even going to think about it. And that's by the way, the only reason why I can invest in it. Um, from from discussions with Mark, um, he sort of highlighted to me that the reason why I'm a useless investor is because I'm so I'm exactly those that person who's like motivated by fear or whatever. So the reason why I've made money, I think, through 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 property is because you just can't sell it. Right. It's just like mm -hmm. it, there's no liquidity. Right. So um, yeah. So I I feel like that in my mind about this. I'm like, yeah, I'm not even thinking about it. Like I just believe in the company in the long term. No, that's good. Good. Yeah. Well, she got. Wait, wait! It's not on me. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's hear. It. So, so are you? Uh, we haven't talked this a while. You've been working out lately. Doing what's what's going on with that stuff? I wouldn't. No, I. I mean, I. I'm still working with Anwar, who's been um, d uh, basically. Um, oh, he comes once a week. Train. He comes and trains you from your house once or twice. A no, week? just 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 uh, through virtual. Oh, the Zoom training. How yeah. do you do that? Uh, once a week, and now Georgie's in in on it as well. So he's training both me and Georgie once a week. And how's that? How's that working out? Yeah, pretty good. I mean, I wouldn't say that. Like, I, it's the same as I've always said to you. It's just functional. You know, it's just functional. Well, you health. you had a sh your 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 shoulder was bothering you for a long time. Does that still bother you? Are you okay? No, that's really good now. Yeah, really, that's good. How did you fix yeah. that? What was the problem? I do not know. I mean, just through through the stretches, I guess that Anwar does with me every. So he session. fixed. So he was responsible for it. I'd say so. Yeah, because <laughs> I told him I have this issue, and then he always makes me do specific stretches at the beginning of every session. So yeah. And then and then it just magically kind of went away. Uh yeah. I mean, let me just. I'm just moving my shoulders around, seeing whether. Yeah, they're not. They're really not bothering me now that you mention it. 
Isn't it funny how, like, when something's bothering you, it's like, that's a really big deal. It's something you think about. And then as soon as you're not sick in that area, it's like... Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's <laughs> funny. I was, uh, so, so Justin, who works with me um, at, on the Math Academy stuff, he said... Because um, he, teaches, he teaches two of the Math Academy classes and the two computer science classes. And mm-hmm. he said that... And I'll occasionally ask, I'm like, so did anybody say anything about that bug fix? He's like, you know, they never say anything about bug fixes when it's like they they mention stuff when it when it annoys them but when yeah. it stops annoying them they don't even notice yeah and, which is the same thing it. right people notice things that annoy them but it's just like it's all fixed they're just like oh that it, it doesn't even occur to them that they don't remember it it's just like oh it's all good now and and he said but they do mention gamification features they get really excited about that stuff so, so yeah are you thinking along the lines of like i want to delight my customers yeah definitely Definitely, yeah. So, um, um, like, so, how how will you delight them in in a system like this? Like, what is? Your oh, thinking? there's lots of different things. I mean, first of all, who you're delighting? Delighting the parents? You're delighting the students? So that's two different customers in a sense, right? We kind of have two in one. And yeah, you know, by delighting the kid, you are indirectly delighting the parent, right? Because okay. if their kid is happy, then they're they're happy to a certain degree, as long as the kid is yes. making progress. Yes. Um. Well, I mean, gamification is a big one, right? Making, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, making, doing more of gamification type of things um, makes kids, they love that stuff. Um, and so we have a little bunch of ideas for things that we can do. Um, I think, like, one of the things we've been talking about is, like, a customizable avatar that, you know, as you earn points and things that you can get, you can get sort of, like, you know, you know, I don't know, currency that you can then use to customize your, you know, customize your avatar, which is what's displayed on the leaderboards, things like that. Oh, um, cool. Yeah. Kids, kids seem to really, I mean, I was having Justin ask, I said, ask them what they responded to this and ask them about certain things and certain things they didn't seem to care about and other things they seem to really care about. I mean, certain kids are really motivated by their leaderboard and other kids are, are not. So that's kind of an interesting thing. I mean, I knew that from the start, but it's, it's amazing how, how sort of. So what level of customization are we talking? For the, oh, for the avatar. I don't know. I mean, I, I had this idea. I've always had this idea that would be like a series of kind of robots that you could that you could customize, like kind of goofy looking robots or something. I mean, Jack, like obviously they're, they're younger kids, but in 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 Roblox, like Jack goes crazy. I mean, kids go crazy for that kind of thing. Exactly. But it, yeah. it, it's called flair. Right. It's actually exactly. got a, right, yeah, right, right. it's flair. And so they go crazy to be able to like, so they'll start off with a basic character and then they can add different things. And his, his um, customization are basically these, I guess these giant rainbow bat wings ah. <laughs> and, and this like big sparkling like crown thing mm-hmm. and like a big, like a devil tail. Right. Yeah. So, um, I don't know if you want to go. I don't to know that if I would go level. that extreme or not, but <laughs> but yeah, but it's that kind of stuff, right? Like, there's always been asking for a dark mode to be able to skin the site, you know, would be a thing. I mean, the one thing we have is we have the belts, which is sort of like yeah, that, that that's a, it's not only as a level, but it has an element of sort of visual identification, which mm-hmm. the kids like. You know, by the way, we have some kids who are just blowing through this. So one kid who is almost halfway through the BC calculus course in after 20 school days. Can you believe that? Okay. And just remind me, it's not possible to cheat the system. No, it's not. You, you, no. you have to answer the questions correctly That's right. to do you that. You can't just do stuff and not know it. Like you get no credit if you don't do a good job. 
It's unbelievable. But there's kids like that at every level, at every grade level, sixth, seventh, eighth. I mean, he's the most extreme. Uh, he's the most advanced, but there are a couple others, there's, and, and two and three, who, the funny, the kids in the other schools are, are, are convinced it's not a real person, that it's a bot. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a game, it, it's a game for him. Yeah. It's a game. Yeah. Basically, he's, he's wants to, he wants to dominate. Like yeah. that's what, well, and he's like he's like already a blue belt or something. It's crazy. I mean, it's like um, and we're looking at and, and one another kid who was like in the sixth grade class, like he he's literally like boundary testing the model. We're like, wait, he did three hundred points today instead of fifty, right? And this was on a Saturday, <laughs> and we're like, and because he had gotten he had made, he had done poorly on just two of them that blocked off certain pathways and so there wasn't anything available i mean it just created this complex situation we're like well how are we going to resolve this because it was so extreme but i'm glad we have kids extreme like that because they're forcing the model to be flexible on the at the edges but it's pretty amazing and and it's, it's like if you were creating a game you would feel bad because you'd feel bad that this kid was spending his entire saturday playing your game but i don't feel but bad you, at all but you don't feel bad like this kid is like yeah. like his life is is getting better like yeah. this is amazing yeah well you know it's funny because well we were fixing the model we he, he justin's like okay i think you can deploy it so i deployed the model and then it generated some new learning tasks and i look at it, i'm like and i go justin i don't know i feel like and i had a couple i said i'm not sure this is exactly right and he's like yeah why don't you take it off and in that three minutes he had already completed one of those tasks isn't that funny you could you could just push something out like an accident that gave them an easy pathway and they'd be all but how did he, i mean the thing had been down he hadn't had tasks for four hours what he was sitting there for four hours just hitting refresh every 30 seconds I, I reckon he's i reckon he's gone ahead and built like one of those oh. alert systems that's checking the web page every second it was <laughs> just like... incredible but so and one of the parents actually of the eighth grader she requested that she taught what did say it to me but said it to the instructor he said is there any way that you could just turn the system off at night because he won't stop doing math is that oh my gosh (laughs) like well that's actually an interesting point like so basically (laughs) what you could do is you could put you could just put a time lock you could. I mean, we could. I'm just like, consider uh, the list of things that are worth doing. Like, that isn't even close to the most important, right? It's That's insane. Not even though. close. Uh, they should put it on the on his computer or just on the website. I mean, the mom can something. say, look, get, it's 11 o'clock. Get off the computer. You're trying to go to bed or, you know, you have other homework to do or, you know, whatever it is, right? I mean, it's at a certain point, mom or dad just have to it's like It's like binge watching Netflix, but math. I know. It's <laughs> like, you know, it's like I said, you know, I was joking about this. Like, you know, it's like I'm using the dark arts, you know, it's like you're using gamification to essentially manipulate people to do more of something. But if you're manipulating them to do their math homework or eat vegetables, like, I'm not going to feel bad about that, right? Yes, right. <laughs> right? It's like, yes, those are good things. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was joking. I was like, you know, if he goes at this rate, like, he will probably blow through all of our undergraduate-level curriculum Prob. I mean, I don't know if he'll continue at this rate, but at least by the end of his sophomore, if not by the end of his freshman year. I mean... He's, I mean, it's just, it's incredible. It's amazing that you've got that much content that you, so you could give someone that line, that thread, like they could just keep on doing this for like a, more than a year. Oh yeah. They can go through and it's, you know, abstract algebra and probability and analysis and multivariable calculus. I mean, just there's tons, dude. I mean, it's like, good. It's, it's an undergraduate degree level of math. It's not just like one or two years. So 
But when you're do moving you tie, at this, do you tie it to? Go on, you know, I was going to say when you're moving at this pace, though, it's it's. I mean, you can even burn through that. What were you going to say? Do you tie it to practical applications? Yeah, yeah. So well, so I mean, like, not like you know, balance your checkbook like th- this, kind of silly stuff, something dumb. But you know, there are we call them modeling problems, right? Applications or modeling. So it's like, okay, here's a scenario. How do you, you know, so, and, and, and depending on what the application is, I mean, you don't have practical applications of abstract algebra. It's abstract right, algebra right. for a reason, right? There's not. Um, but there are something that you would, as a mathematician, you would consider an application as opposed to um, something more conceptual or something. Um, but you go on. But like, do you ever t- sort of say, okay, what you've just learned or what you're about to learn, this is useful in you know, machine learning or building a car engine or something like that. Yeah, you know, it's uh, what, actually what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to start adding in some more stuff like that, um, more contextual sort of um, like, you know, you ma- like, you know, this is part of a, a, a unit seven. Unit seven covers matrices. This is what matrices are part of linear algebra and, that it, and puts everything in kind of some kind of context, you know. Right. So we're going to be doing more of that. Um, also, we're going to be doing these multi-step problems. So it's like, you know, it might take you a half hour to an hour to complete the whole thing because they're like, you know, 10 or 12 parts to the problem. Right. Okay. As opposed to just like one off questions. It's like, okay, so we're going to, we're, we have a satellite oh, yeah, here yeah, yeah. and you have to answer all, you have to use all these different types of mathematical skills you developed to calculate and determine and predict all the things that you need to about what's going to happen. Do you get extra points for multi-part problems? Or? Oh, yeah. Well, everything we give po- everything that we give points to are based on how long we estimate it would take to do ballpark, give or take ballpark, right? I mean, yeah. So if something's going to take you five minutes, you're you know you're going to get five to seven XP. If something's going to take you twenty minutes, it's going to take you like twenty to twenty-five, you know, or something like that. Eighteen XP. Okay. Right? So otherwise, because XP, it, yeah, XP. So if it wasn't like that, kids would always avoid the harder stuff. They're like, I'm not doing word problems. This take forever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But if you're like, yeah. oh, well, you get seventeen XP, they're like, oh, no problem, I'll do that. You know, I'll knock that. Oh, and and it says it says how much XP? Yeah, it says how much. And then if they get per, if they do perfect awesome. uh, on a if they do a perfect score, if they don't get anything wrong, they get bonus XP. Which they love. So they're going to literally pick the ones that say 20 XP. Yeah, sometimes because, of- <laughs> because they can get up to like 30% bonus points. So oh, that's they awesome. get a big, big uh, bang out of that. So it's like, wow, if I do this 20.1 and I get six bonus XP, 26, I'm like half done for the day. 50 XP, right? And it was funny, um, Justin showed me on... Um, I think it was on, on on their Discord. All, all these kids are all on like one Discord server, and one kid's like, "I just got thirty two XP." Well, and everyone's like, and everyone's like, "Let's go!" You know, and everybody's like all fired up, <laughs> just cracking that's up. That's hilarious. And so it's that's like, awesome. you know, that's exactly that's exactly what we want to incentivize, right? It's kids getting excited, you know, about doing this stuff and not be like, "Oh, it's a really hard problem." Like, oh, I get a bunch of XP and I'm done. That's great, you know. That's sweet. That's sweet. And um. So it's, it's, it's all, look, the thing is that it is all, the core thing is working. It's buggy in places, it's, uninf- it's unfinished in others, but the core value proposition is delivering. And, and um, uh, there's a bunch of kids who have come on who are not in the program but are, you know, um, you know the, in the paid beta. And, um, 
you know, I see these kids who, you know, it's funny, like, they'd be like, oh, you know, my daughter did this art of problem solving class. And art of problem solving is like these, real, supposed to be these really hard classes. And they did pre-algebra and they did the such. And then they take our diagnostic and they totally bomb the pre-algebra. We're like, okay, so what did they really learn in that class, right? Right. And then, right. And then they go to work on our system and they are just like mowing through it. And I'm looking at, I'm just looking at like, you know, this one girl, I'm just thinking of right now. And I'm just like, she's just, she was like, what's a variable three weeks ago and now she's solving like you know two-step uh, you know linear equations with multiple variables on them or whatever I mean, it was just like look at that you know it happens fast that's so cool so so cool it's it's really cool i mean yeah it's really cool seeing the progress and so if you it's, it's the thing is that you don't have to put that much work in just every day you sit down for whatever it is 45 minutes an hour and you'll be shocked at where you are in three months it is amazing how quickly these kids learn I, and there's in our in this first course that most a lot of these kids are taking the math one two course they start off literally adding and subtracting negative like three minus seven that's where you start is working with negative numbers and by the end of that the nine months later you will have finished like half the trigonometry you'll know the unit circle and trigonometry so well yeah. that's what i'm looking forward to doing one day but i as, as i said before i'm not going to get into it until i can like really dedicate some time to it yeah yeah but when i mean it's, 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 it's like working out like if you're not going to do it right at least four days a week i don't know or three to four days a week at minimum ideally five i always just not really it's not really what you should be doing other, you know it's not, not worth it so um, in other news, what I was wondering is, do you have any other links or interesting stories or other things you were thinking about uh, talking about? Because I don't. <laughs> Let me see here. I've had a few things. The thing is, the fact that I, I, I momentarily forgot that we were doing this show means I didn't sit down for 10 minutes and write anything down, which is... I really need to, 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 to make that link saving button work in morning, in morning brief. Right. Um, because I do read a lot that I think, Oh yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah. I mean, let yeah. me just double check here. Mm, I'm going through, um, did we talk about how superhuman had, they raised 75 million. They're, no, they, we they, didn't they, talk have, they have like, I think they're approaching like a unicorn level, like eight hundred fifty million dollar valuation or something like that. Yeah, you and you're you're a fan of those guys. I am. I I'm a, I'm a, I haven't used it. I'm just a fan. I mean that one article. I mean everything yeah. that he that he, he. I mean he put it together in such a great way. I was like that. That is that is how it happens. That is how you do it. Um, hmm. Look at I don't really see anything, and I'm trying to think if anything. I'm just, I mean, I've got I'm just browsing through my brief. I can I can shoot throw a few things out okay, there. Okay. Um, the so we were talking about this this um. Did you read on Hacker News the um, <laughs> the the story title is shit shit Lassian story about how Atlassian fired me because my wife had cancer. No, um. No. So the the thing about the story is what like the the crux of it is is that there's a concept um, of unlimited PTO the companies have. Right. So they, they sort of say, oh, yeah, we've got unlimited PTO. You can have as much time off as you want. Um, and the reason, it turns out, the reason why that came about in the first place is because if you say, if you specify, okay, you, you get, you know, four weeks PTO or six weeks PTO per, per year with us. Um, what it means is, is that for California and some other states, um, your, your PTO can be carried over or you can get it cashed out. Mm -hmm. You can sort of cash those days out. Mm -hmm. um, but because if you say it's unlimited, then that doesn't apply anymore. 
<laughs> so so you say unlimited but in the meantime people request it and then you say no no you you can't have it we're too busy then or whatever i see so that was what the, what the so what he was, was taking on what he was taking like months off at a time or something like that or uh well i don't even think that he necessarily was i mean basically this specific story you know how uh like um sometimes i've written stuff that's like uh i don't know say uh revengeful <laughs> against someone who's done something bad to me right. okay this this guy's like taking it to the a whole new level like this is this is like major yeah, revenge so the thing about the this kind of stuff is <laughs> this is probably one of those things where there's two sides of the story right yeah right like you I mean you can you can imagine you can imagine it being an extreme like you know the guy says hey unlimited pto i was off for two weeks and then i had to take and it turned out extended to another week because of my wife was going through chemotherapy and then you know you're like jesus they fired you know that'd be extreme then another one he's like oh well, the guy hasn't been to work in eight months and hasn't responded to email in three months you'd be like okay <laughs> right like you don't clearly don't even work here anymore um so it's kind of like we totally know the the actual numbers and the details unless they specify it. It's really hard to tell. Like at what point is unlimited, meaning you actually are just you know receiving a pension from here and you don't work here, you know? <laughs> right. I mean exactly. And so, but the thing is, like m most of the companies would also have a policy where they could probably fire you within a day's notice. You know? Yeah. Most companies do. Well, see, that's one so, of the reasons why I don't want to have. A <laughs> employees if i could get away with a few employees because i just don't want to deal with those kinds of headaches you know i mean it's like um you know you just i mean not that this guy was the cause of the headache but i'm just mean that there are the, you you see there's always these disputes and pro hr problems with with people and it's like the more people you have the higher the prior probabilities that you're going to have problems so so would you would you i mean i, I guess i'm putting you on the spot now but are you saying you only want contract workers or would you ever want full-time workers really working for you for reals? Uh, okay, wait, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm not sure I understand the question. And you're saying what I... Well, like, so, so, because you're saying you don't... Because like, you do have like, you know, 19 people working for you in content, mm -hmm. but they're just working via contractors. They're working via Upwork or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, they're completely covered. You don't have to worry about their PTO. You don't have to, like, don't have to worry about their medical, mm -hmm. dental. Like... Would you do you want to keep that going, like so that everyone you employ is like that kind of a concept, or do you are you ever going to actually want like uh, proper employees with on full time salaries and stuff like that? See, I'd I'd probably prefer to avoid it because it just sounds like um, there's just a lot of overhead and a lot of headache. Um, I mean, I don't know, but you know the funny thing is that these people who are in contractors, a lot of them in contractors for like years. And well, they're, but they're going, they're contracting through via Upwork, right? Yeah, but I mean, they work just for us and they work for us, yeah, but, but, you know. Yeah, but you don't need, like, you don't get into any legal jeopardy because um, obviously the contracts they sign and essentially mm -hmm. Upwork is dealing with all yeah, that but, stuff. Yeah, but what I mean is, like, we treat them well, right? Because if we didn't, yeah. they'd be gone, right? Yeah. They'd have no, there's no loyalty or anything like that, but... You know, they are effectively like employees in the sense that, like, they've been with us for years. You know, they have, like, a, a, a team lead or an editor and a process. And it's, like, every, it's not like they just do something for oh, a few weeks and are gone or a couple months and they're gone. I mean, they're, like, for mm -hmm. years. And longer than most people stay at these companies in Silicon Valley. It's, like, the average stint is, like, 18 months or something like that. Do you ever do any, like, I mean, team building or anything like that? Nope. Or is it just, nope. yeah, it's just it's I don't just do any of that. And I am, like, anti-meeting. I hate meetings 
I hate raw rob talk and bullshit and all hands. I'm not doing any of that. I'm not going to do any of it. Um, because first of all, like, first of all, I think most meetings are a waste of time. I've rarely been to a meeting where like that I felt like that was a good use of my time. Almost ever. It's like you could almost get everything you need across in a short e- email or, or Slack message or something. Everybody gets it. And it's like you're going to get everybody to stop what they're doing, break whatever, you know, flow they were in. And then everyone's just going to sit there and half pay attention to whatever's going on and basically half not. And it's like probably not even relevant to a lot of people. And they could just have read like a two paragraph email and got everything they needed out of it. Do you know what I mean? Have you met them all on video? No, I haven't met most of them. You, you, you haven't met or you have? I have not. So you're, so you're not like um, selling them on the vision of like fixing math education or something like that. Like they're literally just, you know, they're people who are doing their job. Yep. And you sort of. Yeah. I mean, you know, funny. Alex is like, he's like, hey, do you want to like write something for the end of the year? And I'm like, yeah, that's probably a pretty good idea. And then I don't do it. <laughs> I think I've, I think he suggested it like three times over the past three years, and I, every time I've kind of, I think I did, I wrote something once, you know, where I said, hey, just to let you know, here's what's going on, and appreciate it, everybody's doing a good job and stuff. But here's the thing, like, I think most of the people don't really need that, and I don't, th- and I'm for most people, I don't think it makes a difference. It's like, look, if you're paying them a rate that they're happy with and they enjoy the work they're doing, and the people who they're reporting to or taking direction from are polite and respectful and responsive and get good, clear instructions and good feedback, that's all they need, right? That's all they need. They don't need you to sit there and rah-rah them to death and go, we're a family and we're on a mission and this is the most important thing in the world. Because everyone's at the end of the day go, that's bullshit, Right. Mm-hmm. And it's just, and they do that all over the place. And, and, and that kind of stuff it is, and I'm the one of the people who I'm the most, I roll my, every time I see someone, it makes me roll my eyes. So it's like, well, I can't, I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not going to get up there and, and feed them a bunch of rah, rah bullshit. You know? I mean, yeah, I clearly believe in what we're doing. I clearly think it makes a difference. I think it's cool. I think, um, you know, all these kind of things, but, um, you know, if you're an employee and you have equity, like, what do you really care? In a sense, all you really care is that you're being that this is you're being well compensated for your time, and it's and it's and for you're either a not going to find more enjoyable work for the rate you're getting paid, or you're not going to be able to get paid more. So if you're if, if if both those things are true, like you're getting everything you really need out of this situation. That's interesting. Does that make sense? Yeah. Did you see the um the thirty the the thirty seven signals? Th- uh, sort of hoo-ha yeah oh um, yeah well, a, a that whole thing. I listened to an interview with uh, Sam Harris interviewed uh, Jason Freed on um, on his show what was what was it it was it was basically we're not doing that you know you can't talk about politics at, at, at base camp anymore like in any of our discussions yeah I mean see like I, I think that is that should not ever have been tolerated you know politics religion are should be off the table if if if, um, if somebody was on Slack talking about politics, I'm like, clearly we don't need you around because either a, you don't have enough to do, in which case we probably don't need you in that position, or b, you're not doing your work, <laughs> so we don't need you, right? It's interesting. It's like it's like the 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 corporation is the, you know, so you're 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 completely putting the corporation as as like the that's what this is about. So you, so you don't sort of think like. Um, 
that humans can just sort of express their free will. <laughs> no, they can't. But this, I'm not. I, but I think what happens is, yeah, is like. Let, let me put it this way: like, um, if you went to if you went to a restaurant, and the uh, and your server sat there and wanted to talk politics with you, as opposed to taking your order and your food, you'd be you'd want to leave. Right. Yeah, that's, that's I'm not true. Yeah. paying you to hear your politics, and I won't tell you my politics either. It's like I don't care. Like, you know, you want to get paid. I want to eat. <laughs> Let's make this happen, right? As efficiently well, and politely as we can. And I mean, Basecamp did used to, like 37 Signals did used to do stuff like, you know, for example, help people with side projects or give them side project time and stuff like this and sort of, you know, try and promote try and promote the idea of them building their own success or whatever. Sort of a paternal, but, but it was a sort of paternalistic thing. We're going to pay for your gym memberships and your massages yeah. and your yoga and your whatever and all this stuff it's like because at the end of the day i i think i think if you treat people like adults i mean people have lives and they don't your your the job is not the end-all be-all for them right they have a husband or wife or kids or family have other interests and things that they're doing this is just a job don't pretend that it's something more than that for them right and that's, so it's, and that's what I think. Sort of like a like a nanny state, but 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 the 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 job the company is sort of acting like a nanny state yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, I'm not totally against that. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not ever gonna do that because I think it's first of all I think it's um well I mean then it, then that whole bring your whole self to work kind of stuff and they try and make it like as much of a you know not a family but like a social club as well as like they were like everybody's totally invested in this environment and all these people and stuff right and then you start and then and then that's when things get messy and they get complicated and then people feel like they talk about it, their relationships and their politics and their religion and their this and their that and then people aren't doing their aren't there doing what they're supposed to be doing they're ta- caught up in all this other nonsense right did you see the thing um along similar lines about um, mailchimp selling to intuit for 12 billion yeah yeah i did so uh, yeah we'll bring that so let's talk about that too so go on yes yeah, so, so basically the thing is this is like so the, the policy had always been um, that they, they don't give equity. They just mm-hmm. do really good 401ks mm-hmm. and they give you a great salary and all that kind of stuff. But so the, the, little, the little bit of backlash was, well, wait a second, we've been working for you guys for years and now you're selling for $12 billion, which is like a huge payout. Why can't we get a piece of it? And it's a similar kind of concept. It's like they're just not, they're just, they never did that. They never did that thing mm-hmm. that other startups do, which is, you have a piece of this. You have a little piece of equity. Well, they were like, "Nope, it's just me and me and Dan or whatever." Well, I mean, because someone else who came on, I was funny because one of the top hacker news comments is someone. He's like, "Yeah, I worked there for years. They made it very clear you're in equity, but we got we had nice profit share and we made extra money. We were well compensated. We had a great work environment. You know, right. the vast majority of you work, you may not even get that. You're not going to have any kind of reason, decent level of profit sharing. You're going to have something kind of paltry. You may not even get a bonus if you do. It's not much." And, you know, you get a 401k and, you know, you get a discount on your health care and you get a salary, right? And for most places, like, that's good, right? And you get a reduced salary because you get the promise of, of, of like, becoming a unicorn with stock options. Okay, well, that's different. Now you're happen. talking startups. So most I, I, of the time. I'm just talking about most, most companies and corporations, right? Okay. So you're not right. getting, you know, the fact that you, you, you go for MailChimp and you're, okay, well, not only do I get paid well 
and do I get this kind of fun startupy environment? And but um, I get a I get, you know, I get profit sharing, right? Like that's I get to make a big money, and so no, that, that, and that is good. That is good, and it's weird that they would complain about it because if you think about it another way, let's say for example, you went to work for Intuit and they went and sold to Microsoft, you wouldn't expect some you know some piece of the pie there. Yeah, well, look, this is just, just sort of an entitled to something they're not entitled to. People are going to complain about anything if they think, it, think it'll get them something, right? Right? I mean, it's like, well, that happens yeah. all the time. People, they sign something. They, this is, this is, I think this is fair. This is what I want. And then later they change their mind that it wasn't fair later because they decide they, you know. But that's not how it works in the real world, right? You agree up front, right? Well, let's say that you go to, play to go to college and you say, well, um, you know, it's... Uh, Twenty thousand dollars a year to go here, da da da. Then you go there and you spend, you know, you you rack up this debt or you spend this money and then you go work and then later you say, you know, I think it was only worth ten thousand dollars a year. I'm just not going to pay the rest. This is not how it works, right? You agree up front. This is what what you're doing. You can't change your mind later. Um, so I don't know. I mean, but here's here's why they'd profit sharing because they their plan from the beginning was not to sell. They were going to keep profit. They weren't going to take money. So if you're not going to take money, you know how much equity is? If you're not going to sell or go public, you know how much um, equity is worth? Nothing. It's, it's bullshit. It's funny money. Right? Mm-hmm. So if, if they mm-hmm. just kept, if they just said, look, you know, we have no intention of selling. We're just, we're, 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 we have very good profit margins. We make good cash. Yeah, why would I sell? You know, what am I going to do with that money? I'm going to go and start another company, or I'm just going to sit. But they, they did sell, but, they but did. only because. But listen, but listen, the price was just so much. <laughs> yeah, well, people just decide that they, you know, it's it's sort of like a, I guess it's sort of an envy kind of thing. It's like, well, they made so much money, couldn't they give me some? Well, why don't they, instead of giving it to you, why don't they go give it to like some hospitals or something? You know, if they're really just going to um, give money away, go give it to, you know, um, <clears throat> people who, you know, to um, research on cancer or something. You know? But I, I can believe that they truly believe they had no intention of selling. Yeah. They were offered four billion. They're like, okay, four billion, no, no, yeah. no. Well, this is six billion, no, 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 no. Eight billion, no, no, no. Twelve billion, okay, okay, guys, twelve billion. I mean, that's just like it's insane. Well, well, so <laughs> let's sell this. <laughs> so Math Academy is an LLC. It, I have no, I'm not, I have no intention of taking money, and I don't have intention of selling, right? Which means that the only way to compensate these guys, if that doesn't happen in any kind of reasonable way, would be profit sharing or yeah. bonuses. If I get bonuses, yeah. I think it, profit sharing is a little better. Um, a little. I mean, it's a little more uh, objective measure, and it's a little. Uh, it's probably. It's probably I think it's a better tax situation. But if I say, "Oh, hey, you got you know X percent," and then I just never sell, then then you know Alex is like, "Well, can I ever buy a house?" I'm like, "I don't know. I'm never selling the company." I mean, he's going to be like, "Well, great." <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so it, do- it doesn't get much. It doesn't yeah. work. I mean, I talked to a guy who was pretty senior at one of these companies that was private and it's been private for a number of years, and they make tons of money. And he's like, "Yeah, I got this equity, but that doesn't help me." Right? They're never selling. It's just, it's just uh, in a sense, it's just. You, you would take adva- you'd be taking advantage of the employees more in that situation because you'd be like, well, we're never going to sell this. I we don't have to, we're not sharing profits with him, you know. It's true. Because he's it's not- true. If the sale hadn't been ever on the table, 
everyone would be thinking, I'm really happy that I'm working here. Yeah, I got, I got my getting, big chunk being yeah. my big profit sharing paycheck at the end of the year. That's awesome. You know, making good bank, getting good money here as opposed to, because a lot of these, most of these startups, they don't get a big return for the employees. Unless they go mega unicorn, these companies that sell for 50 or 100 million dollars. No, they don't. No, no, they they're don't. like, That's man, I would have made more if I just gotten paid market rate for the last five years. And, you know, I got, I, I got a fraction of that. So, you know, there's always some scenario where you can go back and like, well, it would have been better for me if X, Y, Z had happened uh, years ago. But, you know, you make your decisions at that time and then things happen and you just, you know, you have to live with it. So, but I, here's the thing. I mean, I... I don't, you know, what was really interesting, because I, 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 I happened to listen to an interview with, the, um, the, I guess, Brian Chestnut. Is that the guy, the guy founder, one of the, found, the founder of uh, MailChimp? Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. That sounds and, familiar, yeah. Uh, and I can't remember if it was Masters of Scale or or how this how I built this, or one of these kind of things. Anyway, I think it was How I Built This. It was like a, like a NPR kind of show. And anyway, he's um, he was like, the, the, the eventually... The, the company got big enough that he didn't know who, he didn't really know what he was doing. He was very stressed out by it and he wasn't having fun anymore. Right. And yeah. that's, and, and I see that's kind of the tragedy because when you create a company, you can make it whatever you want. You don't have to do things the way other people do things. You don't have to have an office. You don't have to have meetings. You don't have to have, you know, you, you can do, do whatever you can just anything that's, you know, whatever legal, you can do whatever the hell you want. Right. And the question is, is it going to be a successful strategy to do it that way? Can you attract quality people and retain them? And that's that's a different story. But you can you can set it up to be whatever way you want. And I think what you want to do is create an environment that you'd want to be in. Like, this is what I want to do. Otherwise, why are you doing it? And if you're, I mean, mm-hmm. I guess you could say I'm just doing it for money. But um, no, that sucks. Yeah. But I think a lot of times. A lot of these founders, they don't think through it all the time about why they're doing it. And they just sort of go in this sort of cargo cult mentality. They just sort of pattern match. Or, well, this is just the way it's done, right? You got to go hire a CEO. You got to do a board. You got to do this. Like, you actually don't have to do mm. any of those things. No, no, right. You don't yeah. have to do stand-ups. But- you don't have to do um, all hands. You don't have to do retreats. You don't have to do any of that. Unless you like it. Unless you do it all the time. I mean, do whatever you want. Um, mm-hmm. But... As you know, and probably when it was a show, I do things the way I want to do them. <laughs> I don't give a flying fuck what anyone else thinks. <laughs> I'm going to do what I think is the right thing to do. And um, whatever I think, but, and I will always do my best to treat everybody, be honest and treat everybody fairly at, 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 at any point. But um, for me, it's like, last thing I want to do is have to manage a ton of people because then all of a sudden that becomes less fun because I like writing code, I like building stuff. I don't like writing specs for other people to write. And I don't like sitting in meetings all day and I don't like writing emails all day. Right. So then I won't, so then I won't do those things. (laughs) So I'm not going to do those things. Um, I think that that's uh, yes, that's, that's a very nice way to wrap up the show by the way. <laughs> I feel like I'm coming off a little bit of a hard ass, but I mean, I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to be. Dude, you are no, you are you are a hard ass, but yeah. in the, in the good way, 
in a good way. Well, I just think, but you, it's that's what you used to do with a soccer team, wasn't it? Like you, you basically had to do all that stuff, so you know what it's like. It's a pain in the ass. Yeah, well, you know, right. But and of course, I did it my way. I mean, you just you gotta you, look. You only got one life, and you gotta lead it. Do it the way you want to do it. Don't do it the way other people tell you to or think you should do it. You know, and you may screw some things up, and you may have to change them. But you know, for me. Um, you know, the fact that I don't have to have meetings all day long is a good thing. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I talk to Alex. I think for anyone, that's a good thing. Yeah, I think, I mean, I've been, <laughs> I've been thinking, I think me, most meetings are a waste of time. I think, thing, I think most companies are way overstaffed. I think they're overmanaged. I think they have way too much meetings. I think there's just way too much waste and inefficiency and bullshit going on. And I mean, yeah. what you just said is sort of like cliff notes of a lot of the things that Elon Musk has said when asked these kind of questions. Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah, he says exactly the same thing. He's like, "Look, I don't want, I don't want silos in my company. I like, I, I remove silos. I want to make it really easy for people to speak to each other. I want as minimal meetings as possible." Pretty much what you just said. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, I think there's a there's a lot of things that are done because that's the way they've always been done, and pe- people don't people are either not self-aware enough or have enough confidence or, or or feel like they're free enough to just say why are we doing this this doesn't make any sense why do we have 20 people sitting in this meeting why do we have 10 people in this meeting do all these people need to be here they're just sitting here most of them are spaced out or checking their phones like this is totally stupid we just you know because if you if you had 10 people in a meeting for an hour you just lost 10 at least 10 probably 10 and a half probably 15 hours of work time for all these people. And it probably could have been solved by a one-on-one conversation for 15 minutes and maybe a follow-up email to a few other people. Hey, FYI guys, this. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. You know? But I think the pro- I think part of it comes to the fact that you have all these um, people who are, um, you know, managers and the- and their jobs are to have meetings, right? Otherwise, what are they doing? Yeah. You know, that was an interesting article. You were talking about articles I read. It was talking about like, they would hire you see the one the the one thing that at least in America I don't know if this is, is true in other countries but it's probably true is that you know it's like everybody wants to be a manager because managers get paid more right and if you have somebody who's a, an an expert at some job or some skill at some point they want to be promoted to where they're a manager or supervisor or something so they get paid more money even though they may not be any good at managing people and it may not even be the fact that you even need to manage it that they really that they need these other people really need to be actively managed and so you create these layers of bureaucracy just because you need to somehow give people a track to move up on move up as opposed to just say paying those people more to just because they're you know say an awesome graphic designer or an awesome developer or awesome creative writer or something just you do you you be awesome at that right like you don't take like i know the example of example that i think they use in the same uh, you know harvard business review article that i read is they were talking about like how you know you don't take a a guy who's like a great quarterback in middle of his career and just turn him into a coach like well which could turn you into a coach because you know we got to promote you like no, you just pay him more if he's you know an all-star quarterback or you know you know all. But at the same time, I did hear that like um, in this in this climate, like y- you can get jobs in Twitter or Google or whatever, like you know three hundred to six hundred grand a year as like st- pretty much strictly development developer jobs yeah. if you know the right yeah. tech. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I was talking to Phil about that. There were people who he was working with who are now off to, you know, I guess I won't name the companies, but they're making over that more than that. And and they're they're not management they're they're coders they're, they're devs yeah. yeah exactly so we we've hit a v- pretty interesting 
climate at this point. Yeah, and, and you know, and I and I've, I know I've said this before, but I mean, there were people I know who went into management at Uber just because they're like, oh, I guess I'll be a ma- I'll manage my own team, ranch team. And after a year or two of that, they're like, this sucked. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. that's you really you want to send meetings all day. All you have to do is like one on ones and 360 reviews, and mm-hmm. you got to be high, you know, sit on endless interviews with hiring. I'm like, God, that is not fun. You know what's fun? Building stuff. Is Brain- fun brainstorming on a whiteboard or working (laughs) solving problems and building stuff with other smart people who are who are enthusiastic about you that is that is as good as it gets that is fun but you know getting these sort of management roles and stuff i just feel like it's kind of a waste of time but you know this other um the the you know, I know we've talked. I don't know if we talked about this before, but the the guy um, Chamath, who was that? I can't pronounce his last name, but he's on the one, the All In podcast, which is, which is pretty mm-hmm. entertaining. No, I don't think we have. Yeah. Anyway, he they were talking about how Apple. So Apple had this sort of like big um, brouhaha where they kicked out this one guy because of a book he had written years ago, um, and it was it was one of these sort of insurrection moments where the CEO and everybody was sort of afraid to stand in front of it. And and the guy go he goes because the thing about Apple is that they're probably eighty percent overstaffed. Like all these companies probably have eighty percent more people than they even need. That's insane. You know, be, and it's just because they're not penalized for um, for their profit margins. It's all about growth. That's what how their stock price is rewarded. Is, is primarily about growth. And well, they but they have great. Stop profit margins anyway. Yeah, and so it's just hire. So just hire as many people as you can. But the problem is when you get a bunch of people, and this brings it back to earlier part of the conversation, when you have a ton of people, a lot of smart people who are sort of over underemployed, right? Like they, they only have to use a fraction of the brain to do their job because frankly they're not really doing much. Um, then those people, mm-hmm. it's like the idle hands or the devil's workshop. Then that's when people get spend all their time arguing about politics or whatever on Slack as opposed mm-hmm. to actually doing things because or building side projects or building side projects arguing about slack da, 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 you know you know getting in a beef with other employees whatever it is um it's just like you know so it's like it's, it's sort of a bad thing you want everybody at the company to be going full board like you know we're just we're focused to- entirely on this we're not doing this other stuff but that's that's sort of the side effect of of um i don't know you just have you know because i remember I remember I talked to a couple of people who worked at Google. I talked to a couple of people who worked at, um, uh, well, if I could say one of these agencies you're not supposed to talk about. And he's like, yeah, we didn't do anything. <laughs> it's just years of doing, of just surfing Reddit. It was just, <laughs> I was like, really? He's like, yeah, I got to go out and do something else. I just can't. I'm like, you're, you're making a ton of money. He's like, yeah, but I just can't spend all day surfing Reddit. It's just so, it's so boring, you know? <laughs> I was like, wow. Right. I had had within a couple of weeks, I had had, I had conversations with some people from, you know, I, t- I had the same conversation with two different people at Google. They just, like, their jobs were so easy. I have no, actually, I know multiple people with jobs there. And I'm sure there are people who, at, at, at um, Google who work hard, but I think, like, all these companies are so overstaffed. There's plenty, there's a lot of people sitting around not working anywhere near their capacity, just kind of being, kind of bored, you know? And that, that, that kind of creates all these kind of problems. Well, let's just hope that you never have anything like that going no, on. No. Well, see, the and thing I'm is, sure you never will. Because the thing is, when it's your money, right? Like you're not going to waste it. Yeah. Right. When it's a big corporate. It's like a. It's it's like a like a like in in England like a council job, you know. So that the whole point of council jobs because the basically the government's just paying you for the council job. So what you you know what you do is you hire someone under you, 
so that if if any if there's a time when people start being sacked, it's going to be that person. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> and that's, that's <laughs> yeah. It's pathetic, but yeah, there's, I guess there's a lot of that. It's just yeah. Anyway, this is a short way, a very uh, a long-winded way of me saying that I hate bureaucracy and I'm not going to create a bureaucracy <laughs> yeah. or any uh, bureaucratic well, processes of any kind. I think we're old enough now where we can be two grumpy guys. <laughs> <you know. laughs> I think we've been that way for a while, probably. Yeah, probably, <laughs> <We just> yeah. <laughs> our age is finally matching our attitude, <laughs> or at least my attitude. I think you're you're much more you're much more uh, kind of uh, uh, positive. You're optimistic. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I was just talking with the, with Georgie the other day about how uh, moving to America was probably one of the best things that ever happened to me. In fact, we were just—I was just talking with Joe about how The Office. So I looked at a you know the the the, the show The Office yeah. with Ricky Gervais, mm-hmm. and then that. So the differences between the English Office and the American Office, mm-hmm. and it was it was so interesting because the English Office was essentially twelve ep- twelve episodes. Mm-hmm. And the premise of the office was that life is shit and you're, you're never going to succeed. You're never going to go anywhere. You're just going to be the same and you're working for a paper company and it's crap. Right. The American office is 200 episodes. Oh. They basically changed the premises to 200 episodes, created an optimistic outlook, like the main characters, like get more money, become more successful over time. <laughs> and it's just like that. that is the difference between England and America right there. And that is why it was such a good move for me to move to America, because I basically have that completely optimistic attitude. And, you know, just I don't I like what what really annoys me is when you tell someone a new idea and they just instantly shit on it and they don't try and put their thoughts into how it could be successful or whatever. You felt, it, you felt that you that, got that vibe much, much more strongly. Oh, in, in the, the UK, UK, massively. Like, it's, it's it's really like, I mean, it's it's very... Well, I mean, maybe it's changed now because there's more startup type stuff there. But certainly when I was there, it was very, very difficult to convince uh, g- the general person in England of, like, a new idea. They, they don't really... In those days, they didn't seem to really be interested and inspired by new type of stuff in the way that I was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, certainly the people that, you know, yeah. That was my... Well, I guess it's good you're here my, then, right? You can spread yes. your love and optimism all over the, uh, the continental United States. That's not to say that there aren't some, there aren't some optimistic people in England. Obviously, there are. There's like it's at least like seven. The, it's, it's like the general, you know, you're talking to a cab driver and they're like, oh, yeah, whatever. Right, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. All right, man. Well, I guess we should wrap it up. We're up over two hours now and I got to... We are, oh, yes. We need to get back to uh, fixing some of these bugs up here. So, um, all right. That's a wrap. We're out. <laughs>